But it's 20 years. That's a long ass time. It's a long time since I met you. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe we should start with that gambit. Yeah. Okay. Ru- so just to let you know what Are this is. Are you running? Is. Yeah, I'm running. But okay. like, you know, who knows what we're, we're, we're Yeah. We'll go somewhere. Well, then we'll just start then. This is uh, episode 16 of Pals with Bill Wadman. <laughs> I've Grant Stoddard here, uh-huh. uh, who I've known, we just figured out, for about 20 years. Almost exactly 20 years. W- uh, one month shy of 20 years. Did you ever think when you were a kid that you'd know anybody for 20 years? Doesn't that seem like a really long-ass time? It does. It does. And all those people that I did know then, I don't know anymore. That You know, one of my biggest things as I get older are the people who you thought would just be transient people you knew yeah who end up being people you know 20 years later you're pointing at me <laughs> suggesting that you thought i was just some, just some transient on the street yeah some i itinerant bobo no but here 20 years ago would you think you and i would be sitting here 20 years later when you first met me you know what i mean no but and then again i was 20 years old when i met you that's see that's what's messed up too There's yeah. like we were all babies yeah um and then the people you think you're going to be friends with forever who disappear. Right. Yeah, I got a couple of those. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's, I, I, I've never been able to sort of figure out that dynamic or predict yeah. you know, which is which. Um, and then there's ones that you don't see for many years and then come back in and that's a kind yeah. of a natural yeah. undulation and of Do you have friendship. a lot of those that, that you're friends with that you maybe don't see for a couple of years, two, three years, and then you hang out and you're like, yeah, it's like nothing changed. Yeah. It's so strange, that <laughs> chemistry you have with certain people. It's true. It's true. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm about to sort of re-know a bunch of people that I haven't hung out with or really even spoken to for about three or three and a half years. Why suddenly? Uh, well, I'm taking it. I used to live in Vancouver with yeah. my wife, and then we broke up, and then I, with my towel firmly between my legs, moved back to New York. Right. And, um, you know, I, I say goodbye to all those people there, but, you know, the ones I haven't visited and I haven't visited there really since. Yeah. So so I'm going to see them. All. Oh, how long are you going to go for? Two weeks. Oh, okay. Well, because, and all oh, this ties in nicely. Okay. Because one of those friends is a, a very accomplished periodontist. And you need teeth stuff done. Not, well, perio <laughs> meaning, meaning around, I believe. Oh, okay. From the Greek. Okay. And it's. She describes herself as a gum gardener. Sure. The problem is I'm becoming figuratively and literally long in the tooth. I'm talking about gum, uh, what'd you call it? Wait, you're removing parts of your gum to make no, your No, 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 no. Time has removed them. Oh, I see, I I'm see. I'm adding uh, yeah, yeah. them. Okay, That's okay. what she's going to do. Wait, how do you do that? Well, she's going to take material from elsewhere in my mouth, either, either in my gums or at the top of my palate, and... And kind of stitch them on. Build up your gums. It's a graft. Yeah. Because I'm literally getting long in the tooth. It's now, is is this something that... Gum that, recession. That's what they call it. There you go. Yeah. 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 Is this something that, that somebody said, look, you need to get this done? Or is this another article? No. So it was... Originally, it was another article. I went and had some... I had a bridal makeover. Uh, they do a bridal dental makeover. Wow, I missed that one. Yeah, and then basically it's kind of like, short of getting actual veneers, they just go in, they file away all the rough edges, they add bits, they, they it's kind of like, 
if a veneer is kind of prefab, then working with bonding is like jazz. It's yeah. dental jazz. I have these two here. Uh, yeah. We're bonded up. There you go. Yeah, so I've you see what they, they're, they're putting on teeth on you in yeah. real time. They're basically putting filling stuff on there and then grinding it down to shape it to, to whatever they need it to be. Exactly. And they're really good at it. The people who are good oh, at it are amazing at it's it. It's incredible. Yeah. So I, I met this woman, um, Dr. Victoria Vatesman. We've sort of become friends. Great name. Yeah. And and we bonded over the fact that she was uh, her um, uh, her mentor was the cosmetic dentist on my favorite show of all time, which was The Swan. I'm not sure if you I remember don't know that show. It's basically they took uh, they they offered people who have down on their luck like plastic surgery makeovers. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's a great this show. Worked. It did for two seasons, and it was just it was regarded as ethnically not ethnically ethically ethically dubious dubious okay because they were kind of making all these poor women kind of look the same there was like a yeah. factory yeah and barbies came out the other end yeah so you know it's kind of what i do but it's less ethically ambiguous because yeah. uh or dubious because i'm doing it to myself exactly yeah. so so anyway um i was doing it with her and, and and she's like, oh, she noticed the gum retention, and because the 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 tooth, the uh, root cementum, right, in the tooth is yellower than the actual enamel of your teeth, so it looks like your teeth are yellow. You can see the edge the of gum yellow line. at the top, yeah. So she put some bonding on there to make it look white, but it kind of highlighted the fact just how high they've. You didn't invite me here to talk about my receding no, gums. But- I'm just realizing. No, but that's no. This is exactly what I want. See what what you don't know because you haven't listened to the other ones. Yeah, that this is basically what it is. Oh, okay. And 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 just figuring out how you got where you're where you're at and where you came from. But this is well over brushing. I think is that what they say? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, okay. Since we're in the dental field right now, okay. I, I have recently got a set of trays to do fluoride treatments at home. Not uh-huh. whitening, but fluoride ones. Okay. But they're the same kind of trays. Yeah. But I just put this like super high dose fluoride goop on my teeth for five minutes a night. Interesting. I did a write, I wrote an article recently because of Dr. Batesman yeah. and what she did. And, uh, and I talked about, you know, why, why do, do British teeth have these, the reputation? Like, well, what's behind it? I mean, it's a thing. Is it because the NHS doesn't have dental services built in? Like, what is, what is the argument? It, it does, but I think because it's a, um, you know, it's a, a system that everyone pays for. Um, it, you know, it's an elective surgeries go to the back of the line. I think. Right. I, I think that's what it is. Like the right. serious stuff. The same in Canada. Like yeah. all the serious stuff gets. No, no one's dying because they're on a waiting list. People who are waiting for something that's not as important. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know that they might be waiting for a ethically long time. dubious, as we say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ethically Canadian. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So. So. Anyway. Um, I what, know so. What did she say about the the British uh, tooth thing? Well, she she didn't actually say a lot. I kind. Well, she was mostly doing her her jazz in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. That's you're a higher, higher, higher British. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I looked into it, and there's, you know, it was the NHS thing. Yeah. That has something to do with it. Um. But also because only ten percent of, to your point, only ten percent of drinking water in the uk is adequately fluoridated fluorinated, yeah is it fluorinated or fluoridated one of those fluoride uh, fluoridated whatever yes i get your point um whereas it's more like 70 or 75 percent here now i did not have fluoride in my water when i was growing up huh because we had well water um really yeah 
You never went to like, Little my House mother's on the house Prairie. In, no, I never went there in Southbury. No. Oh no. Uh, yeah, we had well water, so I, I never did. And I always, I think I had like naturally weak enamel. So even if I brushed my teeth and stuff, I had like lots of cavities as a kid. Uh huh. Part of the reason why I had sort of a dental phobia right. for a long time. And then I had to have like teeth exposed and stuff because I had all kinds of uh, uh, orthodontic work done. Right, right. Um, and so as an adult, I was like, screw going to the dentist. You know, for a while, there was a time where I think it was four or five years when I didn't go to the dentist. Yeah. And then I had a pain and I had to go to the dentist and find a new dentist. And I love my dentist. In fact, she's going to be one of the uh, the future episodes of the show. Oh, great. Uh, we're going to get Julie on here. So, yeah. Yeah, but... But it, but it is weird, like all this stuff that you don't really think about when you, it's like anything with your health. Everyone always says, oh, you know, at least you have your health and you're a kid and you're like, yeah, whatever, grandpa. Yeah. But as you get older, it's true. Yeah. You only get one set of teeth. You only it's have true. like two knees. And if they start getting messed up because you're exercising the wrong way yeah. or not exercising enough or whatever. Or too much. Or too much. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. You know? I know. And, and, and yeah, I know I, I've had, um, I, I get, um, ill or injured so infrequently that when it does happen, I go to pieces and like, uh, emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I remember one, uh, I just, I had this recurring shoulder pain and I felt like it was stopping me from just living my life or living my best life. And like, I, re- oh. I remember breaking down in my girlfriend's arms. It was only about a year and a half ago. Okay. And I'm like, I'm in decline. You know, I felt like I was wrong. Like, like, you're 39 years old. Get over it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, wait, th- th- just back up for a second. Yeah. We said you were doing this because I-, I said, are you writing an article about it? Uh, what is it that you would say that you are? Are you, are you, are you a gonzo journalist? Like what, are, what, what, how do you, how do you describe yourself? Uh, yeah, no, I think so. I, I think, well, I think I genuinely want to do a lot of things, and then I use m- the fact that I'm a writer as a as an excuse or a cover to actually do those things. Oh, you okay. know, yeah, yeah, like I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, I got this assignment where I have to go and do this thing that I actually secretly want to do. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, I got to do it. Like, yeah. got to so write the article. You may notice I'm a little red today. Can you notice? Yeah, what that? did you What did you get done this time? A chemical peel. This very morning. Okay, we're going to get into all this because right. I'm fascinated by this like body rework stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's interesting because I, in many ways, I think I take pictures not because I want to take portraits, but because I want to hang out and talk to new people. Right. So it's a similar kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like the article is just this weird secondary thing yeah. from having the experience. Well, you got the lifestyle figured out. You want to, you know, I want this kind of Seinfeldian <laughs> life where I kind of just... Do I just pop in on people, much like this, yeah, and um, and hang out at the diner and have a coffee and talk crap, yeah, and then yeah. go home and then so you, you, and then you and I. How else could we do that other than being photographer and a writer? Exactly. You know, yeah. you, you could marry up. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? That always works. Yeah, um, but uh, but you know, if you're not going to do that entirely, you you could do something like what we do. Yeah, yeah. But you came to New York when you were twenty. You said twenty one, actually. Okay. Yeah, I exaggerate by. And where year. in England are you from? Essex. Okay. Now, is it was it like when you were a little kid in Essex? Was it like gotta get the hell out of here? No. Or, or is it you didn't know you didn't have any big plan? I didn't, and nor did anybody else. Um, you know, <laughs> he's like that's Essex. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like Essex is a county, and it's yeah. and and the, so you know, I couldn't. It, there's bits of it that are sort of nice, you know. Yeah. But where I'm from is not especially nice. Okay. And um it's it's in the it's it's kind of you know, there's London and then the River Thames comes out and sure. at the mouth of the Thames, the estuary, yeah. 
where I'm from is on the north bank of that. Okay. So it's a lot of people that kind of commute into the city. Um, a is, lot. Is, is it before or past where the 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 dikey stuff is to like where they? Because I guess all, like all of the uh, uh, is the tide there. I guess is my question. You know what I mean? Because yeah, is there a point? There's a point in the in the Thames where the, where it gets they salty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they right. push all the like the all the sewer stuff from the city too. That's Essex. Goes out past, that's that's yeah. near Essex. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, two towns over from where I'm from is a little village called Mucking. It's and that, literally called Mucking. It's called Mucking, and that's where I mean, where I'm from is actually it's has a rich history. It's, it's um, of course, it's on the Thames in England. It's yeah, gotta have a rich history. But but I mean, like you know, it's Corringham, which is the name of the town, is is derived from a Saxon word, which means there was a guy called Cara the Saxon and it means Cara's home he was yeah. the chieftain of the area yeah. and then like the church in my town is a thousand years old yeah you know yeah. um and then um and then in th- the 1300s it was the um the crucible of the peasants revolt which in a, really? in, a in a way sort of like set was was a blueprint for a lot of kind of like popular uprisings that followed. Sure. You know. I'm always fascinated by, you know, I grew up on the East Coast of the U.S. Yes. For people who grew up in California, where the oldest building in the state is from like 1840 or 1870 or something like that. Yeah. And I knew people lived in houses from 1840 or 1870. I knew people from 1840 or Well, that's where I was going with yeah, this. Yeah. Is that in England, yeah. you guys have stuff from 1070 that's sitting around. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. houses and buildings. It's like there's this whole... Do you think that that changes the way people see their own history in context because there's such a deeper well behind them? Yeah. I mean, I, the way I kind of wrote about this in my, this sounds like a plug in my book. Uh, I just have to <laughs> say that. So, it, cause it, cause it's going to come out like I wrote it, no, I but, it. um, you the, did write it, right? I did. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they, um, you know, our town, like I said, it was a village and it had been there for about 600 AD. So prior to the Viking... Oh, and it was also part of the Dane, Dane law when the... Which was the sort of... Um, you know, it was the sort of um, compromise that the the um, the British uh, kingdoms made with the uh, marauding Northmen. Oh, oh, oh got it. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, and it was yeah, this yeah. kind of strip of land along the East Coast. Yep. And they said, you just do your thing on this bit and don't rape yeah. and pillage Go as much. Go Viking over there. Exactly. Yeah. Go Viking over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so anyway... Um, and a lot of the people, you get the sense by by looking in the. Oh, sorry, let, let, I'll just step back for a second. So people have lived in that town. It feels like since then, the yeah. the, the, the 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 generations and generations and generations, and then in uh, in the thirties and forties, East London, all of London, but especially East London, was bombed out by the Germans, yep. and then all these people had to be rehoused. Right, and a lot of those people were rehoused in communities in out in Essex. Yeah, right, which was then the countryside, like council estates, or, or no, did no, they no, build no, houses no. for them. No, no, no. There, there was just everyone needed. So, yeah, some people moved. It was to like council. a suburban kind of thing, like happened after World War Two here, but for different reasons. Kind of what, what happened in my grandfather's case, who was an who had was an uh, had been demobbed. He was in the Polish army. He was like it was a Polish soldier that was was fighting in a British regiment. In uh, and then he was demobilized in the in the UK. Anyway, he you know he answered an ad in the local paper. We've we've acquired some land, some cheap land in Essex. We are going to go there and learn how to build like 
40 houses and that's going to be our street. And so we're going to go there on weekends. Like and homesteading in 1880s in America or something. Yeah, yeah. But, we, we, but, but all these people, like we're going, to, we're going to take night classes on how to lay bricks, how to do electricity, how to tile roofs, how to do Come build a house all this with stuff. Us. Yeah. And then afterwards you get to pick the house you want to live in, right? So they just bought this piece of land in this ancient village and made, you know, it was 20 guys at the that's time, so 20 guys and their wives. Yeah. And they would just come down in all their spare time and they built their community, you know? But That's this was amazing. only, this was in 1950, <clears throat> uh, like 49 to 51 ish. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, and they spent two years building this street. And then, and then that. And that house is still there. Oh, yeah. My uncle lives in it now. That's so weird. And the point is, um, th- there was this wave of people who I refer to as hobbits in my book yeah. who have been there forever. Or if you're into like, you know, Game of Thrones, they're the children of the forest. Yeah. And then and then this later group, you know, that's what England's all about. Anyway, it's groups of people, you know, it's the it's the Druids, it's the Celts, <laughs> yeah. it's the and everyone comes the Saxons, in. And then the French came over and right, yeah. the Normans, yeah. And everyone pushes each other like slightly farther west and integrates with them at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, and you can just see it. Yeah. Yeah. And you see it in the faces. So anyway, to your point. You you do see yourself like woven into the history. You see certain people in that town. I always, I I, I always thought of myself of as of that town and not a newcomer from East London. But yeah. that's what my parents were from. And were, were you were you a writer in high school and stuff when you no. were younger? No, no. I used to, I got through high school English by stealing Megadeth lyrics and then passing them off as my own poetry. Really, really. Rust in peace. Okay. All right. So you go, oh, I remember that record. Great record. Uh, so, Holy Wars. So, but you were, you were doing music at the time, no? They were like, this is Jermaine stuff. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. This is like <laughs> real. I know how this feels. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what Dave Mustaine's thinking. Oh God. <laughs> you know, one He's time. He's like, I should have been in Megadeth. I mean, uh, Metallica. I but, was, yeah. uh, I was uh, on an airplane from Syracuse, somewhere up there down to, down to New York. A while back, and there was a guy on my flight, like older guy, bad hair, way too many sort of like rings. metal rings. You know what I mean? Like and everything. And it turned out some woman who was sitting like across from him said, excuse me, are you so-and-so? He's like, yeah. You know, it's like, what are you doing here? And it was some guy in Iron Maiden. Oh, was on the plane. You're not going to believe this. Steve Harris from Iron Maiden is from my hometown or lives in my hometown. Really? Yes. Okay, so Iron Maiden is like a they're, they're from everywhere. Apparently, everyone's got a member of Iron Maiden from where they're well, from. Well, I'm yeah, they are. But I'm talking about Steve. I mean, that they they you know the lineups changed over yeah. the years. They were from East London originally, but they've you know they're, and they're all well, yeah. And then they've got like a Dutch guy in the band now. But yeah, and, I guess this guy this guy his father lives upstate New York or whatever it is. So he's visiting his father. He was heading back to New York to get on the Iron Maiden plane to fly to Japan. Well, it was that either it was Nico McBrain or Bruce Dickinson or Dave Murray or Adrian Smith or Yannick Gers or Steve Harris. But Steve Harris, you've got them all. Oh yeah, got to get them all. <laughs> uh, but uh, I. So Steve Harris, you know, is incredible bass player and, and wrote most of their songs. Yeah. And um, and yeah, and I met. I used to work. You remember my friend Charlene? You know, we yeah. went to her house yeah. this summer. You remember her? You met her like six weeks ago. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she and I became friends uh, working in uh, a clothing store in the mall, and he came into the mall. Oh, really? You know? And so did a bunch of other Essex celebrities. Helen Mirren, before she was a dame, really came in to browse. 
and uh, this electronic. Uh, Let's be honest, she was always a dame. Oh yeah, she was a dame, all right. <clears throat> anyway, uh, go ahead. Yeah, and the, and this band called the Prodigy, who you may remember. Prodigy, I know. I'm that the name. Twi- I'm the yeah. Firestar, a Twisted yeah. Firestar. But that was when they were really they were hot. like I recognized them, and they were like they looked at each other as if to say, "Wow, that's the third time that's happened." Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I love that. It was that. that early on in their career. Yeah, yeah, but. but uh, but they were all over MTV Europe at the time, and I was just like, I know those guys. Anyway, Steve Harris, supposedly, I never got to go to, I shook his hand in River Island in the Lakeside Mall, and then um, somebody said, if you drive out to his house, and he has like, he's a soccer man, he's got like soccer fields, you, you know. And These people you drive live out on estates. What's that? They live on estates at this point. I'm sure, yeah. yeah. But he still lived in the area, right? Not and big in America anymore, but around the world. Oh, definitely. Yeah, not feel, even big stadiums in England and Brazil and Japan, Russia. And yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but you pull up to his house and this giant Eddie head. With, no. Yeah, like about, about supposedly ten feet in diameter rises out of the driveway and then lasers come out of its eyes and <laughs> point the way up up to the walls of the house. That's kind of genius. It is nice. It probably left over prop from some concert. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's a bunch... It's funny. That's what Essex is like. There's a bunch of people... Because it's so close to London. Yeah. There's a lot of... It's like where footballers go to retire. Like David Beckham had a McMansion there and like... And who else? Like um, a Rod Stewart's got a place there because my uncle did the bur- his burglar alarm. Really? Uh, yeah. Can break into Rod's house. Has break a back, into- has, has a back back door, as they say. Yeah, you know, I got told off by Rod Stewart. You know? Really? What did he do? Uh, or what did you do to what get did told I do? off? I was walking along uh, Prince Street outside the Mercer Hotel. I saw this limo pull up. The, some guy opens the limo door, and then three leggy blondes in like heels and short skirts come out one after the other. So, you know, I was a 23-year-old young lad. I was kind of like looking and looking and then looking at one of them's lovely bottom, I have to say. Yeah. And then a hand came in to obstruct my view of the lovely bottom and kind of waved as if to... And then I followed the hand up to the guy's it's face rod. and it was Rod. And he just went, mm as if to say, I'm wagging my finger. Like, Not it's for rude you. to look or it's, it's not no, yours, that's mine? No, he was almost like... That's for me, you know. That's so weird. It was so weird. Well, who's he married to? Some famous woman? Sure. She's yeah. probably one of those three people. <clears throat> but Man. I wasn't. It's good to be Rod, huh? It's all right. <laughs> all right. So, so you're, you're 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 back at Essex. You're in the equivalent of high school, uh, ripping off Megadeth lyrics for yeah. poetry classes. Yeah. You were playing music at the time because when I met I you, you, you were you were big into the music thing. I was, and we were in a band uh, called. It's funny because a lot of English, a lot of our French borrow words, we don't bother changing the pronunciation of. Sure. So we were called guillotine, not guillotine. Uh, right, 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 right. It's funny. Americans sometimes they use the French uh, French version. I would say guillotine. Oh, not, you would? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You, yeah, because you're in a Freedom fancy. Fries kind of a guy. Yeah, yeah I'm not fancy. I, Would I you say foyer or foyer? Uh, foyer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're so judging. But, you, uh, okay. but you'd say fillet, though. I would, yeah. In no, England, they say fillet. Do they really? This is weird, which sounds like something you'd say to a gas pump attention, so, so attendant. You guys were called guillotine? We sure were. Wow. Yeah. Cutting heads for yeah. two years or whatever. I'm not sure we were really, it wasn't like a stand against the aristocracy or anything. It was just like, oh, those things cut people's heads off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Were, were you the front man? I sure was. 
And how many people were in this? How many people were Four. in this band? Me, Chris Mayers, stage name Bo Mayhem, um, <laughs> James Whiffing, Jimmy Whiff, Jimmy Whiff, and Toby Gore, Brad Blades. Don't know why. I just thought it was a cool name, and I didn't have a stage name. Sadly, you were just you were a stage name. I was. <laughs> yeah. So that was it. So I was in a band mostly because I thought it was like going to get me some attention from girls. Yeah. Well, it didn't work. That's why everybody joins bands, right? Of course. I, I played piano. I was not in a band, right? So I I didn't have the band thing. You didn't have to share the chicks <clears throat> with the other band members. Yeah, I just didn't Smart. have any to share. Right, of course. Anyway, that's that's the problem with the, with the piano thing. Mm-hmm. Wait, it didn't it, but it didn't work back then. It sure didn't. You know, it was at a time when like, well, first of all, you know, adopting This is mid 90s, I guess. No, early ni- 1990. I was 13. Oh, you're a baby. And I was just like the music that Motley Crue, Poison, and Warrant make is going to be big forever. I'm going to hitch my wagon to this trend. Yeah. I grew my hair. I experimented with makeup and spangly things. And, but, but you know, that kind of music certainly wasn't big among my peer group. No. It, not, it, you know, when we were 14, 15, people in a working class town in Essex was not a glam metal sort of crucible i wouldn't imagine so no. no but your music sounded like that we tried that's you know um and then um f- we only ever played one gig and it was part of a christmas pageant at school it was all very cute and we played a cover of every rose has, has a its thorn. thorn by uh poison classic a classic yeah 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 are we gonna dance or are we gonna play yeah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah and then um <laughs> And then I was in a ba- and then I was in a bunch of bands. From there, I, th- I, st- I still I wasn't getting the message that my hair and my look was essentially birth control, very effective birth control, as no woman would come anywhere near me. And then I was in a subsequent bands called Heresy, and you know a bunch of other band, a bunch. Yeah. Of- and then we got a bit grungy. We called ourselves Earth, and then <laughs> or Earthshine, literally grungy. Yeah earth we were very lit- literal minded yeah 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 and yeah. that didn't work either no and then i got into a fairly good band called gusto booty and we won the the south essex battle of the bands competition of course you did yeah and we and it was a kind of a weird band um it was our main a springboard inf- towards fame right there uh, it's, it's towards something well actually it was in fact it, it was uh, you actually come into this in a moment i'll tell okay. you but but we are the biggest influence on us was this band called the bonzo dog doodah band do you know those the, no i do not they wrote monster mash oh okay that band so it was kind of novelty <clears throat> weird silly music i was thinking the other day about novelty music and how strange it is that that was a thing for a long time and then sort of disappeared yeah and there's the handful of novelty songs that we still listen to at weird times but it's just sort of you know it's like sea shanties you know what i mean right no one's really doing any sea shanties now But people believe you know i was just watching i'm gonna get back to this but i was just i've been you know i think eric idol's got a new book out that he's flogging and and he was talking about how always look on the bright side of life, which is kind of not a novelty yep. song. Sure, it was in the movie and stuff, but that's the most requested song at British funerals and has been for the past eight years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But it's so it's funny. These novelty songs really do have staying power. Yep. You know. Sure. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I'm wrong about the novelty song. Yeah. But then again, <laughs> what is it? 
Yeah, but then a really good pop song has an element of novelty to it. It's uh, well, yeah. I mean, pop music in general is a really interesting thing. I, I saw that uh, uh, Star is Born last night. Was it good? Is it as good as everyone says? You want you want my real my real opinion? unvarnished and real from the heart. <clears throat> I gave it a five out of ten. Okay. I thought the acting was good. He was his acting was pretty great. Her acting was good. Uh, well, give her a break. She's really a singer. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but man, she got a pipes on that woman. Lady Gaga could sing. Yeah. Uh, I thought some of the music. He can too, right? Can he? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well enough for this gig. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't know that he's going to sell records, but right. you know, well, good enough to do this role. Yeah. Um, and uh, some of the music was really good. That one tune that's like the single that they put out, this um, uh, Shallow, mm-hmm. is a good song. But it's written by Mark Ronson and a bunch of like high-end producer guys, right? Right. Like, it's exactly the kind of people who you think would go write a thing. Um, but overall, I don't know. I just, the whole damaged people falling into a damaged relationship and thinking that's romance. Right. I I just, the whole time I was like, no, this is no, do not marry this guy. No, do not. You know? Yeah. You just came to his house because he passed out on a street. Like this is not the guy you should be marrying or whatever it is. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, people loved it. I walked out feeling like I just had a flashback to, you know, an alcoholic parent. You know what I mean? Like it just, it was just not. So what you want to see is two perfectly well-adjusted people making it. A, a, a... No, I just, I think that the, certain tropes are getting old. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, and it's or maybe just, just, we are. Yeah. I think maybe that's, that's, that's more of the thing anyway, but, uh, but, but there's a whole sort of side sort of, uh, story in it not really side story but that that you know she's writing he's sort of a rock country kind of guy singer guy and chris uh, christopherson type yeah 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 (laughs) yeah um and she comes in and she's singing sort of straight ahead sort of pop songs with melodies and stuff and then of course she gets picked up by some producer guy who wants to turn her into beyonce and not what she was singing before right and so there's this struggle between and I'm going to put air quotes around it, real music versus, you know, this pop crap. Yeah. Sort of, there's this sort of dichotomy that they, they build up in the movie. Yeah. Which I don't necessarily disagree with. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of modern music that I go, I don't, I can't I'm not singing this. What is this? What's the melody? I don't, yeah. Without 43 layers of stuff. If somebody can't sit down at a piano or a guitar and play this song for me and have me go, that's a catchy song. Then you failed in my, in my opinion. And I think somewhat in your opinion. Yeah. Um, Wait, did you just put words in my mouth? But you did. They were the right words. But I, I just, I'm just saying, I, yeah. I, I, I've known you for 20 years. I think, you know, yeah. you, the music you've written is quintessentially catchy power pop music. But talking about tropes, two <clears throat> middle-aged men talking about how music isn't Absolutely. as good anymore. Look, is, I, had, I had a guy named Chris Malampi in the seat across from me, in, in the seat you're sitting in right now, yeah. a few weeks ago. And he does the uh, a Hit Parade podcast on Slate. You know, Uh and he says that Drake is the dividing line for a lot of people. Like either you get Drake or you don't. And I I don't get Drake. So I, you know, I'm whatever. But the point is, I just, it's just, it really is interesting. Like what is pop music? You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause you were, you do the stuff you've written. He is ethically Canadian, by the way. Is he really? Yeah. Oh yeah, he is. Right. (laughs) Ethically. (laughs) If nothing else. No, he is. Um, So, I mean, you were writing glam pop stuff. Yeah. When I met you, you were writing power pop kind of stuff. Yeah. Is that where you tend to sit anyway when you yeah. write? Well, I don't know. I mean, like, so, so when I, 
remember I came to the U.S. and I had a demo tape in my pocket. Was that the idea to come to U.S. to make it in the music business? No, no. I met a girl that would talk to me. So I followed her to New Jersey. So self-deprecating. No, it's ahead. just the truth. It's just the truth. Okay. You met Becky, right? I don't know that I have. She, she I think, well, she came to Ditmas Ave. Okay. I, I was Maybe living I in your apartment because we'd broken up. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I'd, I'd, so I was, you know, I'd been in that band and we won that battle of the band competition. Yeah. And then we, uh, and then I, I was just finishing up at, at college and I met this girl and then she left without saying goodbye. And we was just a platonic friends, you know, but I was, and then like some sort of Lloyd Doblin meets Mr. Bean. I just sort of <laughs> turned up on her doorstep with, with very little notice in, in suburban New Jersey. And that doesn't work nearly as well in reality as it does in the movies. Well, with the accent, you can get away with all kinds of stuff, right? I, that's so, a whole other side story. Go ahead. Yeah. So the boombox plus the accent. <clears throat> yeah. She fell for it. And we... Sucker. Yeah. And then we <laughs> we lived together. Yeah. I, lived, I lived with her in her parents' basement for about a year. And then we moved to the Lower East Side. Okay. And, um, but during that time, she gave my old demo tape of Gusto Booty, the novelty band... To Steve Hayes, who you may remember, yeah. he was in Jet Cetera. Yeah. And then we put an ad in the Village Voice, which no longer exists as right. of a few months ago, and Francesco Picarazzi answered it. That's where that all started? Yeah. And and Frank, of course, is your old roommate. Yeah, yeah, who who I originally met at uh, University of Connecticut. Yeah. Because I saw him playing in a band with Fatty and 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 uh, Big Daddy. The El Shop Five. Yeah, some some form of 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 that band, right? Yeah. You know what I mean at the time. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And then I bumped into him at at that brunch. He was like, he was putting away his tray next to mine or whatever it is. And yeah. I was like, hey, so I, oh, really, man? Like, you know, Frank getting all excited, especially <laughs> like twenty year old Frank. Yeah, yeah. And and I and I taught him a little bit of finale. Oh, because I knew finale. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, and we've been friends ever since. So yeah. So, okay. So you fall in because Frank ended up becoming the drummer for the band. Wait, you know, I just said I didn't have a name in that band, a stage name. Yeah. You have a stage name. Grant Finale. Grant Finale. Really? Well, that would be great. Wouldn't that would it? be a great name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so, so <laughs> I come into the picture at this point in, yes. in, in a small way, a bit it was, part. It was late. In, no, it was like in 99. A walk on cameo, as it were, in, in the story of Grant Stoddard. Yeah. I guess a what on. Uh, yeah. yeah. What, <laughs> no, no, it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, so at that point, you were, it was still, it was still music. That was, that was the thing. Yeah. Wait, what'd I'd you go still, to school for I'd, then? I'd, it was called media arts, but okay. no, who know? I got, I got sort of, I lucked my way into, I mean, I, I scraped my way into the, what was called Britain's worst university. Okay. Even though it used to be a, a, an art school that Freddie Mercury had gone to yeah. Ron Wood of the Stones, Pete Towns into the who like, but it was like a rock and roll school. Yeah. But, um, it's since become a polytechnic, which is kind of like a, yeah, vocational school, and then a, a university just just gotten its university status, just barely, yeah. And it was always in the right wing tabloids because it gave degrees for curry making, which is the the example they would always use to say how worthless this institution yeah. was. So I, so I got accepted hungry. there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone needs curry. <laughs> so yeah, so that was it. And I, I was there. I I'd, I was kind of giving up on music, or wasn't really uh, by the you know. And it 
and it, and and because I came with this demo tape that got passed around, you know, and the fact that I don't know people thought it was cute, and they was, and they said, oh, let's do some music together. So I I immediately got to the US for this girl, and then immediately got into bands again. Yeah, yeah. So I did that for a few years, but you know, I was never really very the music business is hard. Yeah, and I wasn't very convincing at it. Like everyone, what do you mean convincing? Well, I, you know, I um, I don't know. I I was I was always I was kind of um, you know, I, we joked about like how you get in, well, not joked, but you know, you get into music for girls to know notice you or whatever. Sure. I never really got beyond that. You know, I just wanted to be liked. You know. And, and and I I kind of kind of liked being liked. Yeah. And it, it could have been it could have been anything that got me there. It could have been like being a you know a satirist or a could, sure you know I just thought that was the way was doing music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't think I was particularly good at it. And somebody told me somebody gave me a bit of advice, um, which which I, th- and I and at the time I dismissed it, but I think he was right. He's like, you know, your music sounds like you haven't done enough drugs. <laughs> right interesting yeah and he's like or oh, you haven't had enough i mean it, it is the mu it, all the music i ever produced was the music of a well-fed relatively well-adjusted young man yeah and that's fairly boring yeah you know? I, think, I yeah i i know a number of people who are musicians and songwriters and poets and whatever it is like who haven't really lived enough to actually write or speak or create about life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like, you don't have enough experience to say anything that's worth saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I had nothing to say. All of my songs, I would usually come up with a funny line or like a clever line and then build a song back from that. What's the line uh, to the business? He's a miracle to the girls. He's a dream. Superhuman pop star, which, which, did you consider? I was always wondering. That was a Gusto Booty song, by the way. That was oh, okay. Uh, that was one of the songs that we played in the set that won us that Battle of the Bands thing. That's a catchy ass song. Thank you. Especially the verses. I like the verses even better than the chorus. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, but I mean, but I was thinking about that line <laughs> as you were coming here this morning. I was uh, uh, I went and dropped off. I went and dropped off my laundry this morning uh-huh. down the street. I'm walking with forty pounds of things over my head to drop it off, and that po- that line popped in my head when I was thinking about what I was going to talk to you about. Do you see that as a, as somewhat autobiographical that song? <laughs> uh, no, because I'm not superhuman nor was I yeah, a pop but, star. But was, I am human. Was that, you know, was that was that a goal? Was that like a oh yeah, ideally this would be an amazing thing to reach, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean uh, uh yeah, I suppose I was th- the song was about like um uh, yeah, like the 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 consummate pops like who is he? What is he? Yeah. How did he get there? It, it's kind of like, and and also, I suppose, like, um, you know, in the same way that all superheroes usually have a day job, whether they're Clark Kent or Bruce Wayne or sure. whatever. Yeah. So, so like this idea that he's just a schlub in the day, and right. then at night he's um, he's a super super. Yeah, star. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think I was probably thinking about Bowie. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, you, you're you're a big, not a Bowie nut, but I think that you, yeah, you uh, connect with Bowie. Yeah, no, yeah, I do. Uh, it, wait, uh, Amanda was also in the band at one point. She was in the band. How the, did you meet her? Uh, well, 
this is funny. You keep asking questions that have connections to the thing. So, so I discovered heavy metal punk rock karaoke at Arlene's Grocery. Okay. And I was there with uh, my girlfriend at the time, Nina. And then Brian brought Amanda on a sort of date. But they knew each other from Syracuse uh, okay. where they went to school. And that's when I met her. But also, during, I don't know if it was during that night or another night, they used to play um, this Iron Maiden song, The Trooper. Right, yeah, I and I remember so. going there with Frank and him just losing his shit as <laughs> as like these two guitarists perfectly pulled up the pulled off the double lead harmony and he grabbed yeah. me like a rag doll and just shook me around. They're actually like, doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. But anyway, that's how I met Amanda. All right, so 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 the, so the music thing was it was it a conscious decision of all right this isn't going to work i'm going to go do something else no because i mean i definitely tried it i mean like yeah I, I you know i carried on playing in bands for the for the for the for the sort of uh, for the lols for the for the lols yeah no so i mean like you know i be i became a writer for a living in like 2001 2002 right and then and those two things sort of went together and in, in, you know i could yeah. write and i could be in a band they were two like fun things to do but you know, it wasn't long before I realized I was getting much more attention for, and it and being in a band was, oh, sorry, being a writer was opening so many more doors, was actually earning me money, was like, and I didn't need to lug an amp around to do it. All the it. things that music will never do. Yeah. Earn you money and open doors. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't need equipment. I mean, I was, I was a full-time writer for three years before I even had a laptop. I didn't even own my own computer for the first. Would you write on paper? Do you sit at other people's computers? No, well, I had it. I was writing at Nerve mostly, right? Yeah, so yeah. I was. They had computers there. So How did was, you get that job? Wait, first explain to people who don't know what Nerve was. There, is it gone? Is it still there? It's gone. It okay. was, but it was subsumed by the disney corporation are you kidding me i'm not what did they kidding you um well the long story so nerve built itself as the new yorker's body with playboy's brain right right so it was a high-minded look at sex and sexuality okay right a bit before its time yeah great photography um you know um yeah, great photography, great, like... Um, now, for a self-deprecating guy who says he couldn't get a woman to look at him... Yeah. How the hell do you end up at a at a sex magazine? Well, I mean, like, I couldn't get girls to look at me in England. Oh, and in then America. Came, well, you know, the, the accent definitely helped. It's weird, isn't it? Don't, did, did, now, don't knock An American it. going over to England... Sadly, no. ...gets you nothing. I mean... D- it could get you beaten up, depend. You know, yeah, this, sure, this sure. Day and age. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I'm, I don't think it works the same way. Fa- yeah, that's I know, that's because Amerophiles, and I think I think of myself as one. Yeah, are, are few and far between in England. And there are, there well, are and Anglophiles are lousy. New York's lousy with Anglophiles. Yeah, people who know? want to talk to you with British accents, right? And ask about. I mean, not crisps. New York so much, but you know, like yeah. I, I went out to Long Island the other day, and this girl was just started talking to me on the train and just wanted me to say words. Really? I was like, this is so funny. Was she cute? Kinda. 
No, she, she, she. I, I will tell you that I, 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 there were a couple of meals that I realized I didn't have any food when I was. Uh, so you and I were in in London at the same time this summer. Yeah, yeah, and we 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 had dinner earlier this summer. But there were, there were a couple of me- nights during that thing where I went back to my Airbnb and realized I hadn't eaten anything or you know was so exhausted or whatever it is. And so I basically lived on hobnobs for like a couple of days. <laughs> I mean, those things are really can, good. They're really good. Yeah. <laughs> Did you try all the various varieties? No, I'm the straight blue package. Oh yeah, uh, yeah that's the know. milk chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, you know they 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 sell them at that. They sell them a bunch of places, but they well, sell the them bodegas at that, around here sell them. Yeah. yeah, and that but that British store uh, in the West Village. You know that one Myers uh, of Keswick. Yeah, yeah. But they charge like twelve dollars. Stupid. A, you could just get them. A, it's ninety nine p in London. Yeah, I know. It's just great. <laughs> anyway. Um, all right, so 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 the Brit- the British thing opened horizons, is is what you're saying in in New York. It did. So so I was you know I was kind of um, you know finding my feet with you know I was becoming confident you yeah. know because people thought I had interesting things to say because of my stupid accent, right? But you know I had a girlfriend. Yeah. So I was like, just as I was having my sort of oh, other people will talk to me. Yeah. I shouldn't just cling on to this one girl like grim death, you know, which is what I, you know, which was my plan up until then. And, um, you know, we were sort of like drifting apart a little bit anyway. And then we, but we lived together in the Lower East Side and, um, and breaking up with her kind of meant being sort of like homeless. Yeah. And that's when I was living here, lives in Aaron's room. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So, so that's what I was doing. Anyway, it went on like that. I kind of, um, I had a sort of gig at this thing called, uh, the orchard, which is now a big concern. Yep. And, but it used to be a record company called soul three. And I had a small, they kind of gave me a record deal mostly for visa purposes. Okay. You know, is the truth. Yeah. I was going to ask how, how you ended up being able to stay. Yeah. I mean, that was it. I, I, I kind of was, was playing in a band with Steve Hayes and Frank and Faye and Steve worked for this company and he just called in a favor. Don't worry about staying in the country, babe. We got you covered. Yeah, exactly. And, and he's like, well, Richard Goddard, who was my boss, yeah. uh, you know, he'd, he'd co-funded Sire Records with Seymour Stein. Right. He'd produced like the first Blondie records and, you know, yeah. he'd done a lot of interesting things. Um, so, yeah, he gave me a record deal. And then we did actually record some stuff together, but it was it was a favor, really. Sure, sure, yeah. And it, you know, even during the session, he was just like, "I don't think you cut out for this." Like that's, that was the kind of thing yeah, he yeah. was saying to me. Well, we'll know. keep up the charade because it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I got my visa, and then the record, and then the record company folded and became the Orchard, which is a distribution company, and they didn't really have a lot for me to do. I ended up kind of shrink wrapping CDs at the time, you know. And doing some customer service stuff. And I was being paid sometimes. And when I wasn't being paid, I was being paid in food, you know. So it was rough going. I was sleeping on a bit of linoleum in someone's Williamsburg apartment for a few hundred dollars, right? Yeah. It was like rough going. And eventually I was running out of money. There was a period where we went months without, I wasn't getting any money, right? This was early 2000s? This was the year 2000. Okay. Yeah. Y2K, you might call it. Yeah. And anyway, so 
in the end, I was like, you know, I can't do this anymore. Two more months of this, and I'm literally out of any kind of money. And was and, it I got to go back to Essex, or was it? Yeah, I got to figure out something else. Yeah, and I was like, and, and I was like, I'm gonna have to go back to Essex, which wasn't like a, a punishment, I suppose. Well, it was a kind of punishment, you know, like I. Well, it was a defeat in some way. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. Not, really, not that it was like that you shouldn't want to live there. I'm just saying that. You had purposefully well, tried to do this, and you yeah. felt like you didn't. Well, I didn't get what purposely you wanted. try. Yeah, I purposely tried to to get a girlfriend. She just happened to live in New Jersey, yeah. and then so and then if I got lived record- in Detroit or L.A. or San Francisco. You would be there right now. Yeah, absolutely. If she right. if she'd have lived in two two towns over, I would have moved there. Like it was. Um, yeah. But anyway, I was like, wow! I in in eighteen months, I, I came to the U.S. I got a girlfriend. I got a record deal. I got a place to live in Manhattan, and then. And then all of a sudden I'm like homeless now. And, yeah. um, and it was all went, going so well. Yeah, it was going so well. So like, um, I was telling my friend Mark about it and I said, listen, who I was like doing customer service with at the orchard. I was like, I have to go back, man. I was like, I need to call my dad. He can buy me a ticket and I got to go home, I think. And he's like, well, and he told me about this woman. This is the point of this story. I'm sorry. Told me about this woman who was, a columnist for nerve and she needed to find a way to randomize the next person she had sex with to write about in a column. She's like, I'm going to have a trivia competition in a chat room and the winner I'm going to go sleep with. Uh huh. And nerve, and a whole was, other world, but go ahead. And he was telling me about it. And I was like, why are you telling me? And he's like, well, you know, you're in a band, you got that stupid fucking accent and you haven't had any real stories to speak of. You need to do something. You have to go home. He's like, if you're going home, you have to go home with a story because yeah. you've got no stories and you've had a ton of opportunities to 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 do something interesting yeah. and you haven't taken them. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Did you realize you had those opportunities and weren't taking them or was it an unconscious thing of, oh yeah, you know, you sort of realized like, yeah, I'm in New York. Why am I not doing the things I can only really do in New York? Well, because I was sleeping on a piece of linoleum in someone's right, kitchen. Just, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, well, even if I was terribly charming to that girl over there, would always say, "Back to my house." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are we gonna go? Yeah. 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 Or would you? Know, what do you want to do? Would you like to go for a walk? Because that's all I can really afford right now. You know, I just wasn't. I'd gotten the comf- You know, like I'd gotten the chat going, but I didn't have. I was like a vagrant person. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> and so. <laughs> You know, there were nights where I slept in an ATM vestibule on Avenue A. Really? Yeah, like, the, you know, even if I had the wherewithal to actually talk to a girl, where was it going to go? I was, like, talking yeah. my way out of it, yeah. you know? So anyway, I enter this competition, I win, and I go and I go up to New Hampshire, which is where this woman lived, you know, I, which was kind of like the last of my money to spend on a bus ticket to and from Dover, New Hampshire, right? Who was this woman? Lisa Carver is her name. Okay. And anyway, it kind of metastasized since I originally won the competition. Now her husband wanted, felt jealous and he wanted her to throw a second competition for a female winner, which she did. And she got... That he would sleep with. At the same time to make things even. But <laughs> this other woman brought her husband along too. So it was like now five people. Yeah, yeah. That was more people. It's a that, crowd, all of a sudden. More people than ever seen me naked, ever, and they were all, and then they were all in a room together with me, and we. It was really an odd night. We went to this Hawaiian restaurant. Lisa cried when she heard a guitar solo to a Dire Straits song that was playing in the restaurant. Which restaurant plays a Dire Straits song? First of all, anyway, 
Then we went candle pin bowling, which is a weird <laughs> thing in itself. Yeah, that, that's a very specific New England thing. Yeah, and then we went back to her house, which was very cold and not... And it was only like late September, but it was freezing cold, I remember. Yeah. And, and then we all kind of did it individually and then all in one room at the same time. And then, anyway, the next morning... She's making pancakes. Hold on a second. Can I just back up for just one uh-huh. second? Was this a was this breaking down barriers as far as you're concerned for your your sexual experiences? Was this like, oh, yeah, this is something new? Yeah, well, I suppose I got the I I kind of got what my friend was trying to say, which is like, you haven't lived up to the potential of this escapade of coming to new york and being in a band right right right. so like as a consolation do something fun and you know yeah and i did and it it got me into that like um you know it, it kind of set the tone for the rest of my life which is like um getting get somebody daring me to do something that was scary but i secretly wanted to right. do anyway yeah you know so let's do it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so so, anyway. right, so the next morning she's making pancakes yeah it was very odd because two of the people were going to a funeral. You know, the other woman and her husband. They were up there, like, and they were like, "Oh, by the way, we're also up here. We got to go to a funeral." Well, they were on on the. They were going back to Peabody, Massachusetts, okay. to go to. So they were dressed in black. Yeah. At the breakfast table, <laughs> okay. we're all eating our pancakes, and and she's like, "Well, you know, what's your life like? Well, tell me about it." And I was like, "Well, I was in a band. And I had a girlfriend. It all went wrong, and I'm about to go home." And my friend kind of did the conversation that happened before the group sex. But yeah, go ahead. yeah, yeah. No, there was no room. <laughs> so yeah, so we we had that conversation. She's like, "Well, I could probably get you a gig. It's just five dollars an hour, and it's being like an intern at Nerve, which is the place where I'm going to write this story, and it's going to come out." So. If you do that, if $5 a day, three days a week is appealing to you and is going to help you out, then I could probably hook you up with that. That's what she said. I went down there. I interviewed with uh, Emma Taylor and Lorelai Sharkey, who were, who were on the... And how big was Nerve at the time? It was about 20 people Okay, in a loft in Soho. Okay. and Back when a little online magazine could afford a loft in Soho. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was like 3,000 square feet. I think the rent was about $6,000 a month. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, so so I went there. They didn't have anything for me straight away. So months went by. And then and then eventually I got the call. Hey, if you want that intern gig. I was like, yes. So, oh, so there was nothing. It wasn't like, okay, yeah, you can start this afternoon. No, there was it a was, couple yeah, of months. Yeah, we'll call you if something happens. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was like, uh, I think I got the I had the interview in October and I, and then I started working there on January one, you know, and all the other interns were writing majors. They all went to Sarah Lawrence or Barnard or all these other places. NYU. Yeah. yeah. Because why else would you be working for $5 an hour? Right. You know, fetching coffee for people it was to get your shitty story under an editor's nose. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I was there just for the cash, you know, just for the the, the promise. Mad five of, bucks an hour, exactly. And then I kind of worked my way up, and I ended up becoming a customer service intern. So graduating from just delivering coffee and mail, you know, and dealing with customer service inquiries. You have a college degree; you could do more than this, Grant. I know. Well, <laughs> and then I was there for a few months, and then the editor in chief, I think it was, is either Susan Dominus or Emily Nussbaum, came over to me and said, "Wait, are you the guy?" that Lisa wrote about a few months ago and you went and I was like, yeah. And they're like, will you do anything? I was like, for money? Yeah. Define anything. Yeah. 
And then they were like, okay, well, why don't you have sex on the subway and write about it? And I was just like, okay. And, you know, so I did. And then that was my first. Now, it's something like that. Who are you having sex with? Well, I just started dating one of the fellow interns. Oh, okay. Nina. And because you're both yeah. that nerve, yeah. there's also a certain understanding of like, we're all more sex positive than a lot of the average person on the street. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, it was terribly <laughs> risky to, I mean, like to, you, you know, I mean, for, get for a my, nasty ticket for, for that, probably. for my boss to say to me, can you go and have sex in a public space yeah. today? You know, and then for me to ask my, I mean, she was kind of my girlfriend, I suppose. So it wasn't yeah. so bad, but, but yeah, I don't Boss know. Boss asked me to sleep with somebody. You want to do this? Yeah. Yeah. How much was she paying you for the, for the article? Well, actually that wasn't paid as a matter of fact. That was, that really? was, no, the first few were, were within the remit of my being an intern. I think. Wow. They got you there. They, they, yeah, they yeah. went out on that one. So I did, I did a few of them and then, the, and then. Which was harder, having the sex on the subway or writing the thing since you claimed you had Actually, not been the, a writer? The, the first one wasn't the sex on the subway. I think the first installment was going to be in a porn movie called Hard Evidence 2 that was shot in California uh, a week after 9-11. And I was on like one of the first planes that flew. They flew you out there? Yeah. And, but they really didn't have a budget for much more than that. So then I had to figure out how to get myself to chats with California from Hollywood where I was staying with a friend of mine. Yeah. It was really weird. And, um, well, I didn't okay. have an active role in the movie. Yeah. I was asking, I was going to ask, no. this is the non, non sex role. Exactly. A small part. <clears throat> okay. They, so they hooked this all up and made this happen and yeah, you showed up. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, but was, was the writing, did, did it come easily to you? It did. I just, you know, I was, uh, my, I don't know if somebody gave me the advice of like, you know, just, Pretend you're telling a friend Tell a what story. happened. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I did, but I didn't really, you know, I didn't go to school for writing or anything. All yeah. these other, all my fellow interns knew the mechanics of writing, but I didn't. So I was given a lot of help, you know? Okay. When you, yeah. When you first hand that into your editor, were you just like, Oh God, was it like handing in a thing to a teacher at school and being like, yeah. Oh my God. I'm I hope they flunk. didn't notice that these are all Megadeth lyrics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. Okay. But so, and, but they came back and said, this needs work or they came back and said, you're a genius. You're hired. No, they, well, they, I mean, I got help with it every step of the way. So okay. the, the version, the top editor got to see had been like heavily, you know, had been you know, polished by four people before that. Well, yeah. Or at least yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so, but it was great. But, but you know, the, the, the meat of it was still there. Yeah. You know, and, um, and then they were like, this is great. You, you should do more of this. And then they brought on another editor-in-chief and part of his, his line in the sand was, who's this guy, Grant, who writes this I Did It For Science column? Um, he needs to be a full-time, uh, he needs to be on the editorial staff full-time. Okay, so it was the new guy who came in who almost didn't know that you were just some intern. And yeah. he was just like, oh, this guy, we should make him a staff thing. We should make this a, a standard thing. Exactly. All right. So give me, give me, Give me, give me some of the stuff you did for that column. You know, I had to go to an orgy. I was like encased in latex. Um, I was, I was, uh, I went to an academy for um, transvestites and I went to a BDSM summer camp in West Virginia. Um, you know, stuff it, like that. I, I seem to remember one and correct me if I'm wrong. A cast made of your erect penis turned into a dildo. That's right. Used on you. Precisely. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So 
now is that where your proclivities go anyway? I'm just saying like, just like this general stuff, was this like, oh, these are experiences or is like, you know, this is what I would get off on even if I wasn't doing this for a while. No, 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 no. There was never, usually, I mean, I didn't get to pick the things I did, right? Right. So, I mean, like there were a couple that I was like, oh, this is, you know, when they were like, you have to go to an orgy and we found the one that you're going to go to. Yeah. I was like, that's great. And then, you know, I kind of mentioned it to a girl that I was on a first date with. I was like, hey, so I have to go to this. uh," And I was, all, you know, I was like building up to it all night. And I was like, I have to go to this party and it's like a sex party. She's like, yeah, let's go. She was in. Yeah. So, I mean, like what I found was there was, you know, it was the ultimate icebreaker to be like, what do you do for work? And I'm like, you know, my coworkers think of weird sexual shit for me to do. And I go and experience it. And you I gotta like, imagine that works with some people and not with others. Like yeah. some women will go, wow, that's hot. And some women will go, yeah, you're freaking me out right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, so it was always a good icebreaker. When, yeah, yeah, I don't know, but it, I don't know. I th- at the time, at least, people certainly reacted in a, in a, a positive usually, way. I was meeting to, I was meeting people from the Nerve Personals. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. I was meeting new people. So, oh, they were, people who were kind of open to this kind of stuff anyway. Exactly. Yeah, you know, so it, so it, it is good. really interesting though that like. I, you you're a few years younger than a couple of years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Couple, two or three. When I was a kid, like you know, I'm fine with sex. You know what I mean? Like I've I've had that's what I hear. I've had. I think I read that in a bathroom wall. I've had I've had Bill my woman fine I, with sex. I've I've had my <laughs> share of partners. I'm not like any sort of prude, right? But when I was growing up in the say eighty eight, eighty seven, eighty nine, you know, like when I was first having health class, it was like the height of the AIDS scare, right? Right. And I think my whole generation is terrified, or I think. I think my generation, for a lot of people, they were terrified of sex because you have sex, you will die was basically the the message given to our generation just for fear of AIDS, right? You yeah. know what I mean? Because it was so terrifying. Was that the same over in England? Yeah. At the time? Okay. okay. Yeah, of course. So yeah. it's around the, same, around the same thing. I think kids nowadays don't see it quite the same way. Right. You know what I mean? Like people in the late 90s, if you were a kid going to health class, it's a different world than it was in the late 80s. Yeah, yeah. Well, I get in my class. Yeah, it was. I was probably. I actually. I was kicked out of a couple of those classes. I remember. I wish I'd have kept the. You ate the banana. No, <laughs> almost. <laughs> I wish it was something like that. Something to do with the banana. Like I wish that I'd um, have kept the report that I got from from my teacher, who's also the gym teacher, Mister Power. Um, I'm sorry. He was a gym teacher named Mister Power. Power. Yeah. <laughs> And he was he was Welsh. He was about five foot four. He had a fifty inch chest and a, like a twenty six inch waist. He was like, it was like Mister Incredible. Yeah, it was, yeah, but like a mini version. Anyway, <laughs> and uh, so so, but 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 his report basically said this this kid does not have the maturity to be in one of these classes. Little did and, he know. Yeah, well, I didn't. But but it would it would have been really funny to use as the jacket cover of my of the book sure. or something or put on a t-shirt or hang on my wall or something like that you know so how many years did you do that do the the call oh i uh three okay and did that become some of that become sort of the so where'd the book come into things yeah the book was that was sort of i mean spinoff of the of some of those stories plus a whole bunch of other stuff well, the the book is really basic. I mean, we're going over it right now. Is like where I was from, what I was like in high school, and then how I became a very, very unlikely sex columnist. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So I mean, like, so it focuses on those years, which were like yeah. 
from you know 2000 to 2003 yeah Yeah. it's exciting was it fun writing a book like Uh, having it like a book published and doing speaking engagements and stuff and yeah yeah it was it was it was really fun it's just um i didn't i didn't realize um i didn't realize how responsible i was going to be for the outcome of it, it how do you mean well i thought i would write it and then the editor would come back with extensive notes and like and completely just, restructure it and make it good. And then they came back and they're like, you need a comma here. And that's really what it was like. I, I remember I addressed all the notes in a day and a half, you know, in 70,000 words. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and yeah. I was like, who published it? Who was the publisher? Harper Perennial. Okay. Which is, how, did you, how, how does a book deal come about? How does that work? Well, remember I told you about the, I had my original pieces finessed. Sure by another editor. His name's Russ Martin. And he said, um, a couple of years later, he's like, he's like, why don't you, if you write a book, I could sell it as a movie, but I don't think I could sell it as a movie and, unless there was a book. So he's like, if you write a book, I'll find you a literary agent. They'll get you a book deal. And then based on that and book deal, I'll get you we'll a sell movie. the rights to the I'll movie. Get you a movie deal. And that's where the money is. Okay. And he did exactly that. But the new movie got made, never got made. It got optioned twice. Twice. So you made yeah. money on it twice without having to well, do anything else. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it had the option and it was renewed. So, so they gave me a, a substantial amount of money to just sit on it for 18 months. And then there was a writer's strike. And then, and then when that writer's strike finished, they optioned it for another 18 months. So, so why did it never get made? Did you ever hear a story? Well, no, most movies that are optioned don't get made. Yeah. It just seems like a big waste of money, the amount of stuff they option and then never do anything with. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, a lot <laughs> seems of it's- like the A&R people or whatever they are at, at, uh, at movie places need to get a little bit better about that. Yeah. Well, in, in this particular case, it was, there was a, there was a, um, a, you know, there was part of Paramount called Paramount, um, Vantage. Right. And that yeah. they came out with a, like, they did a bunch of movies, No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Uh, there will be blood. Uh, the Al Gore movie, the first one. Yeah, and so you know, all these movies didn't make a lot of money. And in the end, after about three years, Vantage was, you know, subsumed back into Paramount proper. Yeah, and all the all the projects that were sort of on the docket were well, they were just next. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, so so then the rights reverted back to me, right? right. But you know. And then people say, "Why don't you try and sell that again?" But it's 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 kind of funny. Uh, is you know, it was so long ago. Yeah, it, it's it would be interesting to see how it would if if be they'd be looking for now. somebody to do that in the in the Snapchat Instagram world. Yeah, versus the early aughts. Yeah, you know whether whether that would even go. You know what I mean? Where they say this isn't new enough, or we gotta. Yeah, update this and turn it into something else. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I mean, maybe now now that it, it's almost well, it's like at least fifteen years distant. Yeah, you know, in a few years it could be like a period piece. Almost, yeah, well, they, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. With uh, you know, there could be Huberstank uh, on the uh, soundtrack, and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. relaxed fit jeans, and yeah, so on and so forth. All right, so so you do that, and then you leave Nerve eventually. Yeah. Or nerve, nerve leaves you. Well, yeah, the second one. Okay, yeah, because they were going down, or because they were just like, "Where's no?" They were going up. They, I'd, I'd sort of, they, they, um, they felt that that that. So they said to me on occasion, you know, we need to do, and I did it for science TV show, right? 
So that's what we need to do. And we really want you to do that with us. And they just said it casually. You know, nothing ever happened. And then um, I had an opportunity to... That, that same guy, Ross Martin, he said, why don't you come to California where he'd just moved? I'm starting my own production company. And, and why don't we do a, a TV show that's kind of about you? It's very Borat-like, but it was me being me going around experiencing like Americana. Sure. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and um, so, so I went and made a pilot. And when Nerve heard about that, they were like, but you're our guy. We, we want to do a TV show with you. And, and I had to make the case that this wasn't the same project. This is me kind of doing a, you know, yeah. British idiot yeah, does this wasn't an episodic and, sexual thing that, that you want me to do. Or and they're like, well, it sounds like you're doing things that, um, like, you know, you, you're going outside of your comfort zone and doing all these weird things in the outside. That's, that's, I did it for science. And I'm like, no, man, that's me. That's yeah, just, you know, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, they said, well, we think it's pretty close and we know people at VH1 who is, who we were making it for. So we're going to shut it down. And we're going to, we're going to squash it unless you make some concessions and make it like a nerve branded show or, or somehow involve nerve in, in yeah. it. So they got producer credit and then they let the thing be By a thing. Line. And we did the pilot, but it didn't go. Yeah. Okay. So this is what? 2008? No, 2003. 2003 that was. Yeah. Okay. The book wasn't until 2006 or seven? 2007. Right. Okay. Yeah. I signed the, I signed the book deal in 2005. Okay. Yeah. So the, so the, the mid aughts were good years for you. Yeah, I mean, they, well, they were still up and down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. And, and and there still wasn't a lot of money. Uh, the the late alts got a lot better. Okay, but so 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 you 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 leave Nerve, and then what do you do after the book, after the options? Well, I became a free. I started right. So who are you writing for? Uh, New York Magazine, first yeah. of all, and and writing quite a bit for them. And, and did you did you pitch them, or did they come to you? Well, there was a sort of a diaspora from the, all the editors that had been at Nerve had gone to New York magazine, glamour and various other places. So I was getting tapped and like, Oh, Hey, if we, if there was ever a sex story, Oh, I know a guy that will do, do it. Yeah. 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 Right, right, right. And then that's how I got to do that. And I just couldn't believe how much at the time magazines were play, paying a lot of money so much so that when I got my first gig for New York magazine, which, uh, Emily Nussbaum helped me, well, you know, put me in, in you know, hooked me up with, um, I called them. I said, I think there's been a terrible mistake. This says that you're going to pay me $3,500. I think it means, it's supposed to say $350. They were like, no. And they're like, no, that's how much we pay. And I was like, what? And how, just, did, how, much, how much work would you have to do for $3,500? Very little. In that particular case, it was really easy. It was, the assignment was called Tribes of New York. It had nothing to do with sex or anything. I just had to go, to, or Tribes of Central Park. And I had to take like an anthropological look at the different subcultures that congregate in Central Park on a Saturday morning. There were the bird watchers, there were hula dancers, there were like... A different column each one or like one big column of all no, these No, it was one feature piece with okay. a lot of photographs. How do you connect with these people? Just walk up to them and just start talking? Yeah. Hey, I'm doing a thing for this magazine. Exactly. You mind talking to me about it? Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and they put me, they paired me up with a photographer and her yeah. assistant. Yeah. And, and then that was it. And then I was like, wow, I only need to do very few of these every year to actually yeah. make a living. Yeah. And, um, and then I started working for Men's Health a couple of years later. Yeah. And then that was even more lucrative, way more lucrative. Was Neil Bolton still there at that time? No, no, no. Uh, maybe he was, but that's not who I worked with. Okay. 
you know, and I was like, this is great. You know, um, and I was writing, it amounted to like a few days work. Yeah. And, and usually there were gonzo things. So I would just do a thing and then talk about it. And then usually because it was <clears throat> men's health, I would talk to like experts to yeah. sort of yeah. uh, anchor the piece yeah. in reality. Let me get a urologist on the thing to discuss whatever. Exactly. Right. And then, and then, you know, like, a, and, and then it right was up your the alley, races. as it were. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was that. And also at the time I, that option money came in and, and some other stuff. So you could ride on that for a while. Yeah. And I was living with a woman and, and the, in Whistler, British Columbia and her job of working for her aunt and uncle came with an apartment that we lived in for free. So I lived in Canada. There was healthcare was free. I mean, like we just had to pay for groceries Yeah, and, and all this sort of passive income. And that's what it felt like was coming in. Yeah. So well, yeah. What was the, it like moving to, to Canada? Was it, was it, did you feel, did you, I mean, I don't, I don't need to get in the personal stuff of, of your marriage and stuff, but like no. I was asking what, 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 was it, were you thinking, oh, this is just a new adventure or was it like, oh, that'll be a cheap place to live. Let me go try that for a while. No, Wh- no, I love this girl. Okay. This right, woman. Right, right. She was not so, a girl. So, She's 28. So she wanted saying. to stay in New York or she was going to stay in New York. You would have stayed in New York. It's just that this yeah. was where she was going and you could work anywhere. So yeah, she, she, she had left British Columbia when she was in her early twenties, lived in London, lived in Australia and was now living back in London. Okay. And then Charlene introduced me to her. Oh, that's how you guys met. Yeah. Okay. And, and I had a, like a strong personal connection to Canada anyway, because my grandfather was there. My dad was a Canadian citizen. Yeah. Uh, I vacationed there a lot as a kid, but they're all from the East coast. They're from Nova Scotia. Sure. And, um, and I always liked the idea of it, you know, yeah. and, um, and I always kind of, yeah, I always kind of liked it as yeah. a concept. Yeah. Vancouver is a very beautiful place to go live too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I didn't live in Vancouver uh, first of all. Yeah. I lived in Whistler, Whistler which is, right. which is only two hours up the road in the yeah. mountains, you know? And yeah, and I met this awesome woman who was like really cool and a former NBA cheerleader and I was like, this is great. And yeah, maybe I've done all I can in New York and I've got all this passive income. And why don't I just write, do what I, you know, so we lived in this little ski town. I'm going to become Stephen King and live in exactly. somewhere cold and right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although actually Whistler is very hot. Um, oh, is it? In the summertime. Yeah. Are, were you a big skier? I had to be. I became a snowboarder because in the wintertime it's that and like getting drunk and then. Nothing else to do. Well, not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you drink, but you're not a huge drinker. No, no, no. I'm yeah. kidding. Yeah. I mean, it was, um, you know, I mean, it was, it's funny because it's like a, a small town of just 10,000 people, but it's very cosmopolitan because there's people from it's all over people. the world there. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. You know, yeah. It's, it's like, it, there's lots of Japanese, lots of Australians and British and Americans and, yeah. and, and, and Europeans because the seeing is great. And there's a lot of people that a lot of weird celebrities that live there, like Seal and Heidi Klum lived sure. across the way, and like Gene Simmons. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, you'd always see him and and his wife and, uh, and his tongue, Shannon. What? And his tongue, and his tongue occasionally. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like an odd place for like Gene Simmons to be walking around in. You know. So how long were you there? Uh, for two, I was there full time for two years, and then I started to get a little bit cabin feverish. And so we bought an apartment in Vancouver yeah. and then I, and then we kind of went back and forth from there for another two years. And then my wife moved back, moved to Vancouver full time to take this job at Hootsuite, which is this technology company. Uh, yeah. And then, and then I realized that same year that, uh, which was 2012, 
that I'd sort of made the mistake and retired too early. I'd done my Stephen King thing too early and I needed to get back to New York and get back in the action. Okay. Yeah. And then we kind of went long distance for a while. Yeah. And then, and then it fizzled out. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's relationships are a weird thing as we started with sort of. Yeah, they are. Uh, can I just, I, I, this is somewhat a tangent. I just, it popped into my head. Uh-huh. All the years of the experimenting and like the, the, the sex scene in New York and whatever it is, are drugs a big part of that? Uh, no, I mean, no, no. Why? Yeah. I'm just wondering, like, if, if, if that was a big thing. Because I know, I mean, you, like, again, you drink and stuff, but, like, I don't think of you as, like, a big, like, chemical guy. Well, I do, yeah. I, I'm not, I, yeah, I actually, I actually do have a fondness for certain. Okay. It, it, <laughs> for certain uh, compounds. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, like, f- first of all, I, I would say, like, the, you know, People who are into sex are kind of generally open-minded, I think. Oh, into sex parties, I mean. True, yeah. You know, um, but at the same time, there are a lot about, um, you know, responsibility and kind of and consent. And, and it's And it's big among the community that sort of like, if you're, if you're not in control of your faculties and can't consent enthusiastically and knowingly to everything and then anything. Then we have a problem here, the, yeah. Then there's a problem. So... You you know the the community that I'm most uh, uh, familiar with, which is this thing called the Hacienda. Um, one of their mottos, if you like, is "more sober, more fun," uh, and they really do, um, and they and they really do promote enthusiastic consent, which is yeah. if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Yeah. So and 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 so if if booze and drugs are getting in the way of that, they don't want any part of it. You know. Yeah. That that said. Um, you know, you know, a lot of people, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't say you can't do drugs sure. and drink here, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. but, um, they, they certainly frown upon hard drug use. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but people's, you know, smoking weed to yeah, an yeah. extent and ecstasy, pe- that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And people, and, and, and doing that as well as, you know, there's a, yeah. So, so, but, but then again, there are people that are absolutely sober that go to these yeah. things. So, so yeah, I wouldn't, I would, Yeah. Did you ever get any, did you ever get any pushback, you know, now with the whole me too stuff and all the rest of that's going on, were there ever people who looked at you and your column and stuff and knew who you were and would say, you know, who, who, what do you think? What are you making sex? Sex is supposedly supposed to be this sacred thing. Like anybody ever like really get angry at you for, for playing with sex too much publicly as it were? No, I mean, I think it's in this, I mean, um, those people wouldn't even know about you. Yeah, I think I think what sort of d- would hopefully sort of like soften people's. I never really got any angry. Okay, yeah. Things. Um, a few people's. I mean, I actually that's a lie. The the biggest. I told you I went to a BDSM retreat in West Virginia. Yeah. I wrote about that in real time. Almost, I sent back. Or you know, it, in the days that I got back, I, I wrote. It's called tweeting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that was before, exactly. Well, this is two thousand two. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Yeah. And, um, and I upset the BDSM community and they let their, uh, you know, they were not pleased. And the call they, went out that you were no longer invited to the reindeer games. Exactly. I, I yeah. and, and it was, and it was true. I did some stuff. What, you know, I was a, when, you know, I did, so I did body shaming, you know? Yeah. I talked about people's size. 
and 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 I, n- I never mentioned anyone by name, but like <clears throat> the pseudonyms that were their their uh, sort of scene names yeah. were not particularly imaginative, and you could kind of. If you knew people, you could you could put it together. So, so I didn't know. I, you know, it was my ignorance. Do you regret it? I, I would have definitely have dealt with it differently now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But but I mean, the, the point of it was, it was at the point in the column I did it for science where, um, where we'd done all the ideas and and and, and I, we hadn't done them all. But I I I was like, well, what about if we do this? What about if we do that? And then one of my ideas was, there's this BDSM retreat out in the country. Why don't I do that? And they're like, they're like, well, we're not so into it, but why don't you find out what it's all about? So I, I, I emailed the guy and he's like, we are different. We are at capacity every time. We do not want any press co- coverage. So we're not interested in comping you or having any journalists here. I told my editor, he said, you're definitely going now. What are <laughs> they, what are they trying to hide? You know? Yeah. So I kind of infiltrated this. Oh, okay. It was the first time I ever did that. Any other time I wrote for I Did It For Science, wrote wrote that column. I People wrote knew them. that you were there writing about it. Yeah, and usually they had shit to sell or yeah. a service to promote. So I was like, fuck yeah, come and do do the thing. So this is the first time I was sort of undercover. Yeah. And it and it and it was and it was um well undercover journalism is undercover journalism, you know, it like you know, it, it was a paid event. I just bought a ticket like everybody else. And I went and I wrote about these people and it, and it was, and I said some judgmental things. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. And then they mobilized the community mobilized. I think I got thousands. It wasn't just the people that were there at this camp. Yeah. They disseminated this form letter to everyone, yeah. write to the editors of nerve and tell them that you think that they're, but, you know, this was a thing before sex positivity. I'm not sure I'd even heard the term at this point. Sure. You know, I didn't know about it. It was definitely like the, yeah, it was my worst mistake. And it came from me being like ignorant. Like, I just didn't understand what I was doing. Yeah, sure, you know? sure. But you learned a lesson from it. and, and Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah, and I, I was playing it for yucks. I was, try, I was trying to be funny sure. by making fun of fat people. Right. Right? And Which old is, fat people. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Who would and, actually have sex with these people, kind of thing? Exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and it, and it was and it was demeaning and it was not nice. Yeah. It's it's. It, was there ever anything you did in all of that where you were just like, "Yep, this says this does nothing for me." Yeah, like, almost all of it. Yeah. I mean, like, I was infantilized, which is you know, it was a thing where I, have to, you know, this, you in a diaper kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I was, don't understand. Like, there's lots of things in in sex stuff where I just go, "Yeah, I don't get that." Like, yeah, I mean, it's I, not like I don't, it's not a judgment. It's more just like that would not turn me on. You know, yeah, there's a lot but of I mean, that kind of I stuff. do have my weird things sure. that I do like. So, I mean, I just, you know, you have to have a, it's open mind and figure that's what somebody else Everybody is. fucks funny in their own way. Yeah, sure. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I, I never really, uh, you know, I try not to judge it. I mean, I don't, I, a lot of the time I can't get on board with it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm, I'm relatively simple. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It, it just it, I mean a lot of these columns just made me realize like how vanilla I am. You're, you're I think because I didn't have like sex that. for so long it's still novel to me because at least in my own story that I tell myself I didn't have it for so long. But I it was, that's not true. I lost my virginity when I was 18, which is not like abnormal, not super late. It's yeah, sort right. of normal. And um and I had like a series of girlfriends, but the the sort of story I tell myself was that 
you know, I, I, I'm, st- I'm making up for You're lost time. You're sowing your wild oats, yeah. Yeah, but I've been sowing them for like 22 years now. Like it's, but what, because of six months where I felt like a pimpleton, you know, it, it's, yeah, 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 I've, yeah. I've like, I've swung back so far the other, literally, I've swung back so yeah. far in the other direction. Yeah. It's weird. It's a, it's a psychological thing, but you know, yeah. there, there are times when, because of what, what I do, you know, occasionally I'll shoot nudes of somebody Yeah, and people who don't shoot nudes of people don't see other people naked who aren't their spouse or right. a significant other think, Oh my God, like you get to look at naked people and blah, blah, blah. blah. Like I don't, it's, it's not my game, right. but like I do it occasionally. Yeah. But, and, and I kind of try to explain to them that it's like, dude, that's like, there's nothing sexual. There's not really anything sexual about it. It's more like, Oh man, when that person, you know, when that woman moves her left shoulder, her right boob does this weird thing. Like, no, no, shifts the shoulder back. You know what I mean? It's, I'm not looking at them thinking about how I'm going to have sex with them. Right. There must be people who come to you and go, Oh my God, you get to do all this crazy sex stuff and you get paid for it. Right. And you're just like, dude, it's a job. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I'd be lying if I wasn't, I I was titillated by all of it, you know, it's just, but I was, you know, I, I I think I wrote uh, something about like, there wasn't a time where I didn't, like knock on the door of an establishment that you know that the shit was going to go With down. Your heart, was, heart racing. Oh, I almost I p- literally puked on a couple yeah. of occasions. I was really? so nervous about what was going to happen. Were there ever were there, were there ever situations though where it actually was as scary or weird as you feared that it would be? Because ultimately they're not people, scary, right? Not scary. Not but, scared. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to get it. Like but, uh, yeah, the, 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 that your apprehension was warranted. It, it's funny because it was the least. It was supposed to be the least weird one. It was at this this older gentleman. He was probably in his mid sixties, and he had a poker club for for men with their dicks out. Right? Why? I was going to find out. So I turned up at his apartment in the Upper West Side. You know. Yeah. And he greeted me in just a t. He was shirt cocking it, just a t shirt and slippers and nothing else. Okay. He was like, hi, I'm Roger. And I didn't know what, what you bring to a poker night. So I brought a six pack of beer and he's like, mm, I don't drink. And he got really judgy. He was like, I don't drink, but you can take this and you can bring your alcohol and you can enjoy it later on your own. And, and he kind of like, I was like, okay. And there was two other dudes there, both of whom didn't take their pants off. Pants off. Or, they, or they were just in their underwear. Okay. So it was just four guys playing <clears throat> poker on a, on a glass and I don't, I've never played a card game in my life. That was the most str- Were these guys gay? Yeah, I think so. Okay, okay. I was just wondering if like if that was the thing or if it was some sort of like embarrassment made them excited. Okay, well, you know, what, I think so, but there, at no point did it turn sexual. It was, this guy was earnestly explaining. I don't think it was poker. I think it was bridge. It was like something like really, uh, it was not a sexy card That's game. That's kind of surreal, right? It at was, a certain point. Like what? Yeah, it was it was like it was like this guy was teaching we were all playing this funny card game and like he had his dick out and we were all supposed to not really talk about it. <laughs> you know? And then and then I he gave Things me my we six pack to do of, as humans, right? Yeah, and then he gave me my six pack of beer back. But it had that sort of I mean I mean it, it's this is a bit of a tangent, but like there was this movie that I I don't I called after hours it's a scorsese okay. yeah, movie. yeah yeah and and i always i always like to be in the position that the, the the protagonist is in which is like he's the normal one and crazy shit is going on around and him, it's yeah. weird and it's wacky and you're the eye of the storm and everything's spinning around you yeah or, or like there's this bit in boogie nights 
where they turn up to the the drug dealer's yeah. house and there's the young kid playing with the firecrackers. He's waving a yeah, gun around. And they're around. just sitting at the table being like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, and it, it was a lot of situations like that, which I just kind of, I love. Because, you know, the idea is like, this is going to be a great story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you never felt physically in danger in any of these things? Uh, n- only the sort of um, the BDSM thing because I was doing something wrong. Oh, okay. and, and I, I, I wasn't because even... if they found out you were a guy from Nerve undercover, as it were, writing but a thing. This is a heavily armed group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. who, who like who know how to beat people up? Yeah, and and one of my friends was a what? Sorry, one of my my bunk mates was this. Uh, how long is this? Multiple three days? It was well, I, so it was four days. I was rumbled on the end of the second day. The guy, the guy whose job it was to keep journalists out, came up to me. He's like, "I know who you are," and he's like, "And you've put me in this terrible position. It's my job to not like." So I was like, "Okay, well, I'll just go." And he's like, "If you go, he's like, people aren't supposed to go. Like, you're supposed to be here. People are going to wonder. It'll, like, you just you leave." Recognize your name, huh? You, I think so. Do you use your real name or do you use a fake name? I. I, no, I used my, I can't remember. It was really stupid. Okay, sorry. Anyway, so the guy says. Yeah, he's like, it's my job to keep people like you out and you fucked me over. by. And I t- we emailed and I told you not to come and you came anyway. And you, I think I used a fake name, but the cre- I used my credit card and I think it went through all the credit card things and he found my name because he had suspicions. I came on my own. I was like really green. Um, I was writing stuff down all the time. You yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, people were asking me, why are you writing stuff down? I'm like, I just keep a journal. And then somebody said, you better not be a journalist because like, that's not cool. Yeah. You know? Which you can, you know what? It, it, totally. From the point of view of those guys, like they should be able to do their thing without some journalist coming in and writing about it, right? If that's they what should. they want. They should. However, they were charging. Yeah. Members of the public could buy tickets. <clears throat> yeah. No, I, I get it. I get it. I'm just you saying I, you could understand their side of things where it's like, dude, yeah, we just want to do our thing. And Well, no, I, you know, I mean, I was, I, I was like, as an investigative journalist, I'm not doing anything wrong, but as like a person, I'm yeah. doing something wrong, yeah, 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 you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. especially, you know, and I totally get it now that when I, when I, when I read the original hate, the, the, the hate mail I received, I was like, what are these people talking about? Sex positivity. Like, well, you know, they're like, these, this guy came in and he made us look ridiculous. And I was like, well, you are ridiculous, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. But, but then, but I just didn't realize what I was doing. Yeah. You know? No, and, I and, it. And, 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 and anyway, so the guy said, he's like, listen, he's like, if you leave, one of the reasons they didn't want people to leave halfway through the camp is because it was in rural West Virginia and they'd, done another camp they'd been they'd they'd rented another campsite yeah on a previous year and some of the locals found out because a couple of people went into town and were kind of like not discreet about what they were doing or you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like the way it was described to me it was almost like an angry mob with torches and pitchforks turned up like what are you doing Get the hell out of our town you crazy freaks yeah yeah exactly so so they were super secretive about what was going on there you know yeah, which you could understand. So I let, yeah. So I, I, I got the guy hooked me up with a ride back into town, but he was like pissed, and I was like, he's like, do what you got to do, but like this is not cool. Yeah, you know. And I felt like it, you know, but I, I even then I should have been like, you know what, I should have explained to my editor, but we were like, you know, it was either this or something horrible, 
that I would have had to do. Right. No, you I, know? no I get it. I'm not, I'm not judging you. It's no, just, you should judge it's me. It's fascinating it? 15 years on. You yeah. Know? Yeah, because the culture's changed so much. Yeah. And- yeah, yeah. It's much more. All right. So you also, you did some travel writing too. Yeah. How'd that all start? Um, well, um, I was poor. You said the mid alts were like, this is pr- just prior to me selling the rights to the book. Okay. And um, yes, I'd found that you could earn a lot of money by writing a magazine article, yeah. but they weren't coming thick and fast. Okay. Yeah. And I was just like, so I was, you know, I kind of was taking a, like, technically I wasn't supposed to do, you know, take a job that my visa didn't permit me to take. Yeah. yeah but yeah, I was yeah. like, I was kind of like, Who's going to find out? Yeah, I was doing some things that weren't like 100% kosher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Nothing really bad. It's just, anyway. And and then I was, look, long story short, I was broke. Okay. And I was talking to my friend, this guy, Jake Bronstein. And Jake, you know, I, I he'd clearly found a way to like get swag from people. Because he wrote for FHM and they would just send him really expensive shit to write about, you know? It's a pretty good gig. Yeah. I mean, like, and he's and, and he would just take it and, and like, hey, we're launching this new type of vodka. Here's this. Here's these new shoes. Oh, we just designed this new robot. Why don't you have one and write about it, you know? And sometimes he would and sometimes he wouldn't. And he'd also get invited on these press trips. Okay. You know, Hawaiian Tropic are having a tanning competition in Hawaii. Like, come to this. Weird press junket things. Where exactly. Just, yeah. So I was like, dude, I'm... This was years after the first time I was broke. I was broke again. And I was just really anxious, anxiety ridden. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I was late with Ren. I was like, you know. And he's like, why don't we go to Finland next week? Like first class. And, you know, we'll just, ha- we'll just party. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, man. And he's like, Finlandia Vodka are having this, this press junket. Come on, it'll be great, man. Let's just go. Yeah, it's like me, you, the round up some other journalists and we'll go, yeah. we'll get fucked up. And you're like, who the hell am I that they're going to put me on a plane? Yeah. And it turns out I was like the most legitimate journalist there. Because so how do they find these people then? Well, the people with nothing to do. That's the, so weird. The P, there's a P. There are worlds in this world that are just these like sub worlds that make no sense at all to the average person. Yeah. So like, so... For example, like Finlandia Vodka, they are represented by a, in the US by a PR company, right? Yep. And twice a year, they, they're like, let's do a press junket, get six of the top editors and journalists from the best magazines in the US, and we'll send them here. We'll have, show them a great time. And then they'll, they'll write, write crap a- about this vodka and we'll sell X. Ex- exactly. Of because they figured out that like send, having six journalists come on a, on a, and party for a week was, not only cheaper than taking out a full page color ad in a magazine at the time, it was also um, more effective at selling at moving units. Right. So, so yeah, we went and uh, you know, we, we, he's like, okay, we're going. He he made a, he was there. We were at the diner. We had this phone call. He's like, Hey man, I got this great journalist here. His name's Grant started writes for New York magazine, which was true. I'd, I'd written one article for New York magazine, one article for glamour, He's like, oh, he's so hot. Yeah, you should have him come. Great. He's like, okay, we're going. They're sending you your uh, ticket now, your e-ticket. I was like, I was like, dude, we're going to the Arctic Circle, which is what it was happening. I was like, I don't even have clothes for a New York fall, let alone an Arctic winter. He's like, oh, he's like, you're so annoying. Picks up the phone again, calls up Columbia. Two days later, 
I get this giant box arrive on my doorstep. There's two parkers. There's a pair of like Arctic yeah. boots. Yeah. $1,500 worth of crap. Oh, at least yeah. way more. Yeah. Yeah. Because at some point you're going to say, and I put on my great Columbia parka and right. we went out into the thing. Well, what he knew and I didn't know is that there's people's jobs to give shit away for free to people yeah. like me. You just got to know who those people are. And he did. Right. That's a good skill right there. It is. It is. And then, so, so then boom, we were, was it anyway? So, so the, the, the PR company, Finlandia Vodka says to the PR company, yeah, find us all these great people. They put out the, you know, they, they go to the editor of travel and leisure or travel mail or the yeah. New York times travel section, all these places. And they're like, a, we don't have anyone we can spare to go away for a week and get fucked up. And B, we can't print, print that shit. If you're giving a shit, do you know what I'm saying? Like it's payola. We yeah. can't do that. Like yeah. some magazines are okay with it if you don't make it. Yep. And some like the times, for example, say we can't, if there's been any greasing, yeah. we can't. They have integrity, man. Yeah. Grant's or, like, I have no integrity. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then I said, and I said to Jake, who's my, you know, entry into this world. Yeah. I said, well, what happens if I don't write the piece? He's like, he's like, well, He's like, there's. St- he's like, they're moving on to the next one after this. Yeah, if they, they if they bring six people and maybe two people write a piece, then they've paid for all of it in and then some. You know, they've paid for the trip and then some. Crazy, isn't it? So he's like, you just you know. So I go along, and nobody else there is legit. There's like one guy that's thinking about starting a magazine. There's <laughs> a woman that's written for like a like a penny saver, like the the Fort Myers Picayune or something. And she was billed as an award-winning journalist, but really the the local firefighters benevolent association had given her award for like it was some like really rinky dink yeah. local award for travel writing. And here you are a guy who's actually written for big national for magazines. Action. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. and then there was there was somebody else there was there was the, for this magazine called Out Traveller, which was a gay travel magazine. Okay. And so he was legit. And then there was somebody else for like wine spectator, but he was spectating all the wine. He was so drunk, like he was full down drunk the whole time. Right. And one of these women that was, you know, the woman I said that won these, um, she was like a 60 year old woman that had written for this local rag in some place in Florida. Who the hell, how the hell they find her? Who knows? Well, yeah. Well, she brought, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. Nine days worth of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Because she didn't know if Finland food, not Finnish food, was not edible, eatable. That's what she said. She caught herself, I'm not kidding, she caught herself on fire four times during the trip by leaning into candles. She didn't know. And by the end of it, we're like, Karen's on fire again. Like, you know, it was that routine. And the place would stink like burning hair. And we don't know that she was on fire before she knew. She would have this gormless expression on her face this yeah, halo yeah, of yeah, flame yeah, yeah, around yeah. Her. the irony though is if you say if you tell the first half of that story yeah like oh yeah we're getting on a plane and i they sent me parkas and we're blah 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 you'd think that it was like yeah swank all the way through and all the people you were there with were fabulous and whatever it is yeah. right but that's not the reality no the, the 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 pr company has to go on down the masthead of a magazine until they eventually shake out someone who has lots of time and very little integrity right. you know yeah yeah. And so, yeah, I, I actually did end up writing a story for New York Magazine about that trip. <clears throat> yeah. I wrote about every aspect of the trip, except, well, I, I wrote about except Finlandia Vodka, vodka <clears throat> okay. but it was edited out in like the final edit. Right. Like, this sounds like advertising. And I was like, well, yeah, these fuckers paid for me to be there. 
But, yeah. you know, so I said, listen, I'm sorry, it's been 10. And they're like, well, that's disappointing. Well, but- it's a little bit like the David Foster Wallace stuff, right? Where he'd like embed himself and like write these crazy things. You know what I mean? Like, right. you could write it that way without having it be really explicit. Yeah. Straight, you know, advertising. Yeah. I mean, I just, I didn't, you know, but it's even when I was on that Finland trip, the Finnish trip, they said, you know, someone busted out, you know, the guy that was like leading the trip gave me some of this stuff called Amarula, which is kind of like Bailey's. It has an elephant on the front label. He's like, this is like South Africa's equivalent to Bailey's. Try it. And I did. Yeah. It's like, it's great. He's like, well, we're doing a trip there like next month. Do you want to come to South Africa? He's like, yeah, we're going on safari. I'm like, yeah. Sure. Let's glamp in Africa. So I did. So that's what I did. So they were, they were kind of in, because I didn't behave like an asshole and I was yeah. polite and like, these they pe- wanted you around. These the way these the rest of the supposed journalists behaved on these junkets. You would think they were the fucking who on tour. Like they were, it was like a wave of destruction everywhere they went, and they were rude. And like we sometimes we were meet, meeting, and this is a minister of tourism, and they're yeah, like, yeah. "What do you do again?" And they've got like puke down their shirts, and like everyone's um ugly American yeah. mess. Yeah, yeah. And you're put together, a British dude. Well, I'm trying. I'm not like. Stiff and sober, but I'm like, I'm like, I know enough about the country to to not ask questions like, so do you have a king or do you have like, yeah, what is it here? What's going on? Like, they have no idea about where they are, and because I was kind of like relatively well behaved, I just kept getting invited back. Yeah, yeah. So I went, I went on dozens of these things, and then you also, and you save all the money of not having to pay for anything for a week or whatever. Yeah, but. Also, yeah, which is good because, you know, I, I flew around mostly first or business class, got fed huge amounts of amazing food every day, like shook hands with the chef because he was like well-known and all this stuff. Booze, you know, uh, like adventure, like I'm riding a camel in Morocco. I'm doing that, you know, I'm like yeah, yeah, touring yeah. a vineyard in, in, in New Zealand or whatever. And, um, you know, I was doing all that, but like the, I was a, I was still broke. I didn't have a penny in my pocket. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I was like living the high life, but broke. Yeah, they had was, no idea. No, no, nobody had it. That yet. must have been a weird sort of dichotomy, right? It's just like I'm I'm living it high on somebody else's dime. Well, it didn't make a difference until there was this one point where, um, oh, we were in Finland again. This was the first trip, and then uh, the, the rest of the group they flew back to the states, and Brian offered to lend me some money or give me some money and like why don't we extend this me you and jake will go to like estonia we'll go to germany and we'll go to we'll make kind of a european tour of it okay so so the rest of my finnish friend uh, my finlandia friend group you know the journalists yeah they went home and then i was left with my two buddies and we went around europe i, I came back to F- finland to fly back and i lost my passport uh-oh right so then I had no money. I wasn't being wined and dined by Finlandia vodka. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, You're now back I'm in just, the real world. Now I'm just a broke guy with not a penny in my pocket. <clears throat> yeah. Nowhere to stay yeah. in the middle of winter without a passport. And and then I had like a four day nightmare where I was like, what am I going to do? Because I had my visa in it. I had my US visa. Oh, right. Trying to get that again. Yeah. And the, and the, it's crazy you, that that's actually a piece of paper and not just some, you know. I know. Electronic thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I was like, I've I've fucked up my life by like going on a free trip. Like this is terrible, you know. And then, you know, I spoke to the 
person at the British consulate and he wasn't very helpful. He was just like, well, maybe we could get you an appointment in a week or a week and a half. You can come in. I'm like, wait, I've got to live in Finland in Helsinki. With no money for... With no money for... Yeah. It's not uh, a cheap place either. No, it's really not. And uh, and he's like, sorry, that's the best I can do. He's like, I can maybe get you in on Wednesday if you can come in at like seven o'clock in the morning. And he's like, but I won't give you... An, he's like, and I can give you one emergency a passport that's good for one use and it can only get you to London. That's it. And I'm like, but I don't live in London. And he's like, sorry, man. It would have involved me coming back to the US, uh, to the UK, living with my parents. To try to get your UK passport again to get your visa again to go back to America. Exactly. I would have been away for months, right? It would have been a fucking nightmare. Meanwhile, I had a girl, I was dating Amanda. I had a girlfriend. I had an an apartment. I had all this stuff going on. You know, and and it's it was just a nightmare. So what'd you do? Well, so everyone kept saying, "Oh, this is Finland. Someone's going to hand it in. Don't worry." I left. I left this it. This is in, Finland. I left it in the middle of a. In, it, as it fell out of my pocket, we were in a snowstorm, and I'm like, "It's buried under two feet of snow that isn't going to melt until April." It's ja- it's like it was February yeah. at the time. We're in Finland. Don't have you looked outside? Yeah, I mean, it was really it was like really really cold and snowy. But and it was a national holiday that weekend, and every everything was closed, including the central lost and found. And so I love the idea that there's a central lost and found in Helsinki. In Helsinki. Yeah, yeah. Well, like all the local, all the police precincts, sure, give, sure, give their yeah. boxes of shit, yeah. and, you, and that's where you go. So, and and then one of the things the British consular guy said was like, make sure you bring a police report saying that you lost it. You know, so every day I went in there. Have you found it? No. Can you write me a report? Yes. And you know. Finally, the last day, this guy just says, I think they might have something for you at this other station. And we ran, we got it. Um, and the, I always say when, you know, there was the happiest moment of my life. That's just what I think of, but it was the most relieved I've ever been. Sure, of course. But, but what it was, it was funny because I'd, it was my first experience of flying business class. Yeah. When I, I called Finlandia, Finlandair or Finnair and I said, Listen, I've lost my passport. But like, sir, don't worry. You're a business class passenger. As soon as you find it, and don't worry, this is Finland. Somebody will bound to turn it in. We'll, we'll just have get it, you on the next flight. We'll get, just get you on the next, next flight. Don't you worry about it. Baller. And I was like, wow, that's how it works if you're rich. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I uh, On the way back from the trip to England that yeah. you and I had, uh, I go to the airport and they're like, well, we have a bunch of business class seats. Would you like to upgrade for 89 pounds? And I was like, well, that's not yep, bad. Yep. Sure. Yep. Take it. How was it? Well, it was sort of like not lay down flat business, but it yeah. was like super wide seats, you know, two and two kind of business. Yeah. There were 16 business class seats and there were three of us in them. So I had an entire row to myself, which with business class seats doesn't really help all that much because you can't lay across them. Right. Right. But the fact that you have enough width, because I'm a fairly wide shouldered guy and stuff like that. The fact that you have a little room to breathe and you know what I mean? Room in front of you. Yeah. feels like you're sitting in a living room like we are right now versus... You know, sitting on a kitchen chair for eight hours. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. But it was great. I was like, oh, I could see how this could become a thing that you would want. This changes oh, yeah. travel. Yeah, completely. I'd yeah. imagine, like, like if I ever fly, to, I haven't been to Australia, but I plan to at some point. It's like, man, I if if I had the money, I just I dump the four or five grand or whatever it is. You know what I mean? To fly at least business class, just to like, yeah. If you're flying for twenty hours, I'm gonna do it. Right, you know. I got flown to Australia business class on Qantas. And, it was and amazing. It, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I popped a sleeping aid of some sort as well and had a glass of wine. I slept for like 13 hours. Like I slept almost the whole leg between LA and 
And yeah, you uh, woke up, you're there. Yeah. And then and that was business class, but then me and Clayton yeah. got on a press junket to New Zealand and we got we we flew first class in New Zealand and that was outrageously opulent. And then we looked at how much our flights would have cost if we'd have paid for them. Yeah. Twenty three thousand dollars <laughs> round trip. <laughs> People listening to this right now are just thinking, "My God, you, yeah, you really have lived a life." Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's been interesting. I'm sorry, we're going so slow. We can we can finish up if you're exhausted. No, no, we've been going for a while. An well, hour more than an hour. Hour forty? No, really? Yeah. Oh wow! You know, it goes com- pretty easy though, right? It does, but all the conversations <clears throat> you and I have ever had, I feel like we we jump around. We're jumpy guys. Well, that's that's half the fun, right? No, it is, but it's just it's just. Uh, you you lead i don't know you've got this way of like leading me on to you help me see like connections that i never thought about like <laughs> i'm like wait why is he going there i'm like oh yeah like that's a thing <laughs> we always do it well it's yeah that's why what do you think i wanted you on here all yeah. right so so you finish all that you do the book stuff you're doing the travel thing you're doing the stuff for new york magazine it's 2013 you're back in new york no i was i was living in canada at that when point. did you get back Oh no, sorry. I, I I guess I was no. I was going back and forth. You're right. In two, two thousand twelve, I moved back to New York and I started spending most of my time here again in two thousand twelve. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then more of the same since then, writing for all these different people. But now you're writing. You're doing stuff for Vice. Yeah. Okay. A lot of stuff for Vice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's interesting because the stuff you do for Vice is, while not strictly sexual in nature, has a similar kind of feel to. The science art article. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of sort of gonzo first person stuff. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, give me some examples. I had scrotox. Botox in your scrotum. Exactly. Because wrinkly scrotums are not sexy. Is that the idea? You have it exactly. Is this more of a gay men thing or a straight men thing? Um, he the guy said it was it was a he said it was a fairly even mix. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, was that painful? Yeah. Was it worth it? Uh, How long I, did that last? Uh, four months. Okay. Yeah. It was. You know, I thought it was cool, but like, I was, I was dating a few women at the time, and they all really sort of liked it. They they were into it. Yeah. Okay. Just because they were they, they were. Sorry, I'm doing a hand motion, but yeah, you know, yeah. Like yeah, like yeah, Bowie yeah. and Labyrinth. Yeah, exactly. With, with yeah. The balls. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, they, they were just more hair hair removal stuff. You do any of that stuff? Uh, n- no, I didn't, but I did too. I did have my scalp tattooed to make it look like I had stubble stubble on my scalp. Right. Yeah. Right, right. So if you ever do lose your hair or shave your well, head, I am losing my hair, but it's, like it's happening Diesel. at a pace that's, that's concealable. Slow so, enough. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Now a lot of these things that you've done lately, yeah. like get into crazy good shape. Right. Uh, uh, you did the ice fat thing. The freezing the fat thing. Oh yeah, cool sculpting. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, the thing with the hair. You had a chemical peel, as we discussed right at the early this morning. The show, right? All yeah. these kinds of things. And 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 I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit here. These are all things. These are all like personal improvement, like one step away from cosmetic surgery kind of stuff that people right. do. Would you do these things yourself? And do you feel like you need them in order to like? compete as you get older you know what i mean like do you do you do you have a is is there like a personal thing in all of this yeah okay you yeah, worry I'm, about that do i worry about it yeah yeah man because like you know 
I, I'm a sort of, um, I mean, and you know, I've, I've got a sort of, I think a boyish affect, you know, like a yeah. sort of a, a younger man's lust for life. Okay. You know, like in the same way sure. that some people become yeah, kind of not as enthused about, or, or the things they do become enthused about are man things to become enthused about, like sports or, sure. you know, yep. that kind of stuff, uh, which, which I just am not. You know, a British um, guy is not into football. It's crazy. Right. No, you know, and I think, you know, I do do a lot of stuff that is just not, wow, God, I don't know how to say this. Like uh, you were asking earlier on about how I got away with some of this, you know, like did, did anyone um, write to me and were mad about me trivializing sex or, or, um, you know, um, part of who I am is, is part of why that went as well as it did, which is I'm, I'm just a sort of non-threatening kind of boyish. I'm like, I'm you, you sh- have that way about you. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like physically you make people comfortable. You're yeah. not a huge guy. Right? No, no, yeah. no. Right. I, I, and, and I just think if I start to, to become more manly or older, if I age, then all this cute shit that I do is going to, I don't know, really. So it's not straight vanity, as it as well. There's as it a were. bit of that for sure. Yeah, but yeah. but like, but also, yeah. I mean, I like change. Like, I like, I like transformation. Sure. Like, I'm into it. Like, yeah. I I um like I told you, my favorite show was this show called The Swan. Sure. Um, I love before and after stuff. I'm a big fan of um. You know, I follow a lot of uh, people that have transitioned on, uh, you know, follow their Instagram accounts. Sure. And I, I just find it really inspiring, you know, people that have that have said, I'm going to make it, you know, because we've all, you know, in a completely different way. You asked, you were talking about the town where I grew up in. Yeah. You know, um, only 10% of my graduating class probably went to school past the age of yeah. Um, yeah. 18. And you if know, you go look at the people you went to school with at age 40, they don't look like you. Yeah. yeah, And, and they've been going, having pints at the pub for the last 26 years. Yeah. But more than that, I think they're, they're, they're just, their worldview is probably, I mean, yeah, they just haven't been exposed. They haven't sure. left. You know, it's, most a, it's a, it's a smaller universe they live in. Yeah. Like I would say, again, I, I would say, a, you know, I'd probably say something like 90% of my graduating class lives within a 15 mile radius of yeah. the school that we all went to. Do you find that? Which pe- is fine. Which is absolutely fine. It's no, just, yeah, yeah. It's not a judgment thing. It's just, it's a different, just a different way of looking at things. Yeah. So, and and then I was definitely much, I, you know, I was, you asked me before, I think your first question was like, do you come from a place where you immediately wanted to get out? I didn't actually. I yeah. didn't. It wasn't until I, just by, you know, chance, I happened to be somewhere else. I was like, Oh, maybe this is um So that woman did do you quite a favor by getting you the hugest favor. Yeah. The yeah. hugest favor. Do you see do you, I mean you you've obviously know a lot of Americans now for living here for 20 years. I know them. Yeah, you know of them. <laughs> I like you, them. You visited some of their hometowns and their their all the rest of it. Americans, I guess especially the people who we know who live in New York other than the handful of native New Yorkers. Yeah. Uh came here from somewhere else, were, were far more, uh, uh, moved around far more 
maybe than your average person. But do you do you find that Americans are more transitory about place than British people are? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, well, for, for a start, it's like a, it's just a geography thing. It's a bigger country. Yeah, you know, pe- people, um, <clears throat> people, uh, you know, are more used to kind of going away to college far away. Yeah. And there's um, multiple big cities. It's like in England, you're probably going to go to London if you're going to go somewhere. Yeah, there's like L- London's got what eight, almost nine million people living it, and the second city is is Birmingham. Yeah, and it's much smaller, and it's eight hundred thousand or something. Well, yeah, I think million, what, two million, two million is like that, that big. Okay, yeah. yeah, and then I don't know what after that, Manchester maybe. <laughs> yeah, and then, then you'd have a Brummy accent, and no, oh, no, one, no wants one wants that. that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's true. And then, uh, so yeah. Um, you you know like uh, and it is funny because I think you know my mum has a job where she sees lots of people all the time and I think people are sort of aghast that her child like w- when I don't go home for Christmas they think it's odd yeah you know um, like a personal affront to your mother or, or yeah I mean she's cool I mean my parents were kind of like into I mean they're sad to see me as infrequently as they do but you know they they're glad that I kind of like did something yeah. different. They were always saying like, what would you have done if you just stayed yeah. here? I'm like, you don't I don't know. know. Do you have siblings? I have a sister. Yeah. Where's she? In South end, which is about, yeah. uh, which is about, uh, 10 miles away from my parents' house. Interesting. Yeah. What does she do? She is a teacher, but she was originally, she was, but she's previously been a, a dancer, a choreographer, a singer. She sings in a band. Oh, okay. Yeah. She, she, she also runs a talent agency. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Lots of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, I just look at, you know, the, the way you've lived your life for the last 20 years, which there was part of me that, uh, that's envious of just sort of the chances you've taken and the places you've gone. It's like, I think most people who would listen to this would say, wow, that sounds like an exciting life. Yeah. You know? Not that it's all peaches and cream as we've, as we've said, right. You know, yeah. um, but do you imagine, yeah, I'm just going to keep doing this until, until I'm old and gray. Well, I don't know what else I would He's do. He's like, no, I'm just never going to become old and gray. No, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I took a gig. I worked at a, a, a sort of, um, I, I worked at a big PR firm for a year. I had a corporate job not very long ago in 2014. And what was that like? I worked for, for Amy White. Remember Amy White? <clears throat> sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was, you know, everyone was perfectly nice. And I'm AJ not, just Jardins. What? AJ just Jardins. How do you know him? I went to high school with him. Oh. Yeah. Isn't it pronounced Desjardins? Yeah. You'd, you'd no. be surprised. <laughs> He's out in LA now. He just moved out to LA. Right. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. Uh, yeah, I worked yeah. with, he was you on the same floor. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, I got to do a couple of cool things, but it probably wasn't the best fit, you know. Yeah. Um, but, um yeah, everyone was super nice, but just that. Did that feel claustrophobic to you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Even even though I was only actually, I only needed to be in the office three days a week. Yeah. And some days it was more than I could, just, you know, like, I, you know, I always said, I always said to myself before that point, like, well, if things ever get too rough. I can I, always get a jobby job. You can always get a jobby job. <laughs> yeah. But, but getting a jobby job, the reality is, it's not, it doesn't feel great, man. Well, and if you've been doing, you know, yeah. I haven't had a job job in 19 years or something like right. 18 years. Like, and people look at me and they go, Oh, what do you do for? I was like, well, I do all these things for a living. I'm a photographer, but like, 
I, I don't, they're like, oh, what's your normal day like? And I'm like, well, it depends. Yeah. Sometimes I'm shooting. Sometimes I'm editing. Sometimes I've got nothing to do because there's no work, yeah. you know? And I'm, I'm, it's probably similar for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you're researching, sometimes you're writing, and sometimes Mostly you're waiting I'm for something to come in. Sometimes I'm snacking. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, <laughs> and occasionally I'll write something. Yeah, right? Yeah. And I think that other people just go, I don't understand how you live that life. Like what? That, that's got to be some kind of dream world to a lot of people. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, how is that possible? Like, you know, you actually do live the Seinfeld life you've been, you, you, you were reaching for. Yeah. That's just crazy. Probably do a lot. So of do people. you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which is why I'm, we're sitting here at three o'clock on a Monday afternoon. Yeah. Well, everyone else we know is at their jobby job. I know. Talking about you in Finland. But, but at the same time, I don't know about you, probably not you so much, but I, I still have to be like, I'm, I'm still got that sort of weird hustler grafter thing about me. Like, so sure. This weekend, like, so my girlfriend is moving into this new place and in order to sort of, like, I wanted to buy us some furniture. So for the next three weekends, I've got Airbnb people staying at my apartment. To make a little extra money? Yeah. And then I'm just going to take that money and go to Ikea with it tomorrow. That's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, like, which is kind of weird, but like that wouldn't, to some people, it might, might not occur to them to like... Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like to do all these little tricks or, you know, yeah. or like, you know, there was a time where, where I knew where all the samples came out at Costco. So I could go and I could have a lunch. Go have a meal. Yeah. Just based on that, you know, like all these weird grifter tricks that I've picked up. Yeah. Or like, you know, on, on, I think it's Thursdays in the, in Chelsea, you can go and, and like get smashed out your brain on all the free wine and all the gallery openings. Sure. If you wanted to, not that I do, I've done it, but you yeah. know, it, sure, it's, it's, it's there. It's there. It's all. It's like the fat of the land kind of thing that I've yeah, learned. Yeah, how to, yeah, yeah. Um, but just before we um, run out of tape, haha. <laughs> I, I, I know it's not tape. You got uh, sixteen hours and forty five minutes okay, before that cool. happens. But no, go ahead. No, but it's it's funny. <laughs> you you talk about like you know taking chances and taking swings. I'm about to take a swing on this new project, and and I'm really. Uh, I'm really worried about it. What are you going to do? Can't say. No, I can tell you. Okay. Travel show. Oh, okay. It's, it, but I'm crowdfunding a travel show. Oh, okay. It's a Kickstarter project. Yeah. You know? But basically the, the premise is this. I And this is kind of like, um, well, I, the premise is this. I go up to someone, say we're in Union Square or something, you know, I stick a mic in their face and I'm like, hey, where do you want to go in the world? And they say, well, I'll ask you, Bill, where do you want to go? Yeah, uh, let's say uh, South Africa. What do you want to do in South Africa? I want to climb up Table Mountain. Okay. Um, d- <laughs> no, 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 that's perfect. You're actually saying the perfect thing. Okay. Uh, what's prevented you from doing that so far? Uh, time and money. Okay. Um, do you have a valid passport? Sure. Um, if I said to you, can you leave tomorrow for the next 10 days, could you do it? Sure. No, don't lie, could you? Well, no, because I'm getting on a plane to f- Spain on Wednesday. But normally, yes. All right. We'll just say that last <clears throat> yeah, thing was yes. Sure. Okay. So then I go, okay, we're going, right? Yeah. I grab you. You start taping and we're... We're, we're taping already. We're, we're this whole, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. We've yeah, probably yeah. gone through 30 and people. And you do a reality TV thing of getting the person to their dream spot? We, we go to their place. We pack their bags. We watch them calling their folks. When we're on the on the way to the airport, we're calling. We're trying to set shit up in Cape Town. Yeah, that's actually a perfect thing to do because you don't need shit to climb up Table Mountain. You just sure. need a pair of sneakers, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So 
you know, we go there, we do the thing. And then we also do a bunch of other shit in Cape Town. We go in a cage and see the great white sharks sure, if they're yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. We, we do, you know, eat the food. You go to wherever. Yeah, there's probably a stuff. local safari place sure, that we yeah, could go yeah, to. Yeah, we yeah, do yeah, all yeah. that stuff, and we film it all. And then towards the end of the sh- of the twenty all sponsorships minutes, to pay for it in that case. Like, would you think like? Well, just it, I mean, initially it's just a crowdfunded thing. Sure. But, yeah, but yeah. 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 Of Ideally. course. And then the third, and then in the in the final act of the show, we find someone. Maybe he's a safari guide. Where do you want to go? Right? This guy in South Africa in Cape Town. He's like, oh, I've always wanted to go to Vegas. Oh, so it's a chain. Like you go one, yeah, one, one place to another. Exactly. But we take the first person with us. Right? Oh, so it becomes a big group. So the group gets bigger and bigger. You know, <laughs> That's like, a good idea. It's kind of cute, right? Yeah. So, so then he's like, I want to go it's to like Vegas. the runners behind Forrest Gump. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then me the safari guy and you go to vegas and we have fun we do all the local stuff while we're there we meet a vegas showgirl where do you want to go she's like well you know my grandmother lives in armenia i've never seen her before she's really ill she can't fly there you know four of us go to armenia we're going to armenia right so so that and that's the show how big do you go just to uh, for this for this so so basically this Kickstarter campaign is supposed to fund three 20 minute episodes. So that's three legs. So three adventurers. Yeah. If we ever got like a Netflix or an Amazon to buy, we could maybe go bigger, Yeah. you know, and yeah. make it five or At six. At a certain or, point it becomes unruly, but yeah, but yeah. yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. And then, and then, um, so there's that. Um, do you imagine editing it in a sort of a very, um, a reality TV way where you're creating controversy no, through editing? No, okay, it's the yeah. opposite of that. Okay. The absolute opposite of that. In yeah, fact, I would, that's the one thing I, I hate about reality TV is that crap. I actually pitched this to, I, I've pitched lots of TV shows and I actually even, I wrote a pilot for Fox and they paid me a shit ton of money to write a pilot that never went anywhere, yeah. you know? And, um, Hollywood to me in my mind is just a place where you give your best ideas and they tell you. They might pay you for them, but ultimately they'll tell you that they're shit or that no one wanted them or why it's not going to work, which is great. Money's great if you can get to that point, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but, um, but I believe in this idea enough that I don't want anyone to shit on it. I actually um, pitched this to someone, this, this idea a few months ago and they were like, they said exactly what you're thinking of, which is, well, where's the drama? Like, where's the, where's the the point where's yeah. the tension i personally don't people? need that but i but they add it onto everything yeah right? i'm like who needs that would we, t- we, we're like this is like price is right come on down like you're going to your dream destination all these obstacles we're trying to get them out of the way and we're going to go with you we're going to get to know you we're going to do this amazing stuff in this crazy location yeah. Yeah. You know, we're going to take some amazing footage and then we're going to find some other fuck stick and then we're going to go somewhere else. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what we're going to do. Star is born without the alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And and um, so before anybody else gets to tell me why, it sh- I was like, You're why don't I just yourself? try and make it? Yeah. But how much money do you need to do that? Well, originally we thought 15. Okay. To make three episodes, which is very cheap. Yeah, I was going to say that's low. It's gone up. But I mean, but what's really interesting is every day I I ask someone this question: Where do you want to go? South Africa, right? Um, the last time I checked, somebody said Cape Town before. The last time I checked, a one-way ticket coach to to Cape Town not that bad. No, it was like it was like six hundred and fifty bucks, right. right? Right. That's not bad. So the the first, so you know, 
with everything else, taxes and whatever, we're looking at two grand just to get us there. Yep. Then we stay at an Airbnb. Yep. We're there for three days until we meet our new new person. Yep. And then we're off to the next place. And yes, it gets more expensive because now we've got four people. Right, right, right. And then finally we've got five people and those five people all have to be sent back sure. to where yeah, they came yeah, from yeah. at the end. But, you know, I wonder if you need to pee as much as I do. You can go pee. We can wrap up. No, no, no. But I'm just wondering. Not super, but I'm I'm fine. Okay, <laughs> I peed right before we started. In in, you know. I didn't do that. I got right to it. You're not. You see, you're 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 an amateur when it comes to yeah. long form podcasting. Apparently, but that's the name of the show. It's called International Roaming. Oh, and and I love the idea. Yeah, thank you. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll we will put a link in the show notes. Oh, that'd be fun. And maybe we'll get a few people to give you some bucks. Yeah, if, well, look, that's the yeah. If you get through an hour and fifty five minutes of us talking, then you Is can. A, oh, of us, yeah, yeah, no, yes, okay. No, yeah. So, so anyway, yeah, but that's that's the concept of the show. So, I think I think as a, safely, it's probably thirty grand. So, yeah, I was gonna say something around twenty five, thirty, probably. To, yeah. to start, and that's it. But there's legal stuff and there's insurance. We need to buy a drone at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, all kinds of yeah. Whoever's filming and editing and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the, yeah. My my buddy. I'm partnering with somebody on it. So. So like that stuff's very, um, you know, I'm not paying for sure for him to shoot it. We're just doing it as yeah, a project. This is, this is fun. Yeah. So, you know, the last thing, it really is kind of nice that we get to actually, the stuff that we do, the stuff that you write and the stuff that I shoot. Yeah. I never go to work saying, Oh God, I don't want to do this today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's always like, Hey, yeah. Yeah. Let's go do the thing. I know. Let's go and get a chemical peel. Right. Let's take uh, <laughs> pictures of last time I saw you, we were in my neighborhood Taking pictures. I was on the street like taking a picture of some sort. Yeah. Oh my God. That girl on, on point. Yeah. That's always terrifying to me. Yeah. No one should ever stand all their weight on their toes. Yeah. I know. Uh, you a social media guy? Um, n- n- I'm not very good at it and I don't post very often, but okay. I'm, why? I don't know. Do you want to, if, if anybody listens to this, they want to follow you, where do they find you? Well, well, I mean, Instagram started. Which, by the way, very cute name. Thank you. But like uh, but one. then but then I just I just created uh, another one. I've got three Instagram accounts, and one of them is to do with the show, which is Interma- international roaming show. Okay, because we're going to be posting if we if we yeah, get to do this. Yeah, it's going to be super fun. But yeah, well, thank you for talking for two hours with me. You're welcome. Can I pee now? Yeah, go. Oh, pee. thank you. <laughs> <laughs>